Pop quiz? No pop quiz. Okay. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Reconcilable Differences. Follow up. <laughs> Good job. Very, uh, very efficient, very concise. Uh, I was trying to remember where last I left off telling folks on Rectifs about this item and follow up. And I don't remember, so I'm just going to probably repeat some stuff. And if you heard it on, John, on past John, episodes, then... I don't know how many times I have to say you do the show for me. They get it mm-hmm. secondarily, but I am here for any updates, and that's just because that's not Schadenfreude, but just I, I just love hearing you <laughs> talk about trying to get your house fixed, and I think mm-hmm. that's what this is about. Yeah, you, but you don't remember where I left off either, do you? Um, well, let's see. So, just in terms of prologue to, to catch myself up, there was though there's been a series of incidents involving getting your chimney spackled and painting your trying to paint your um your uh what do you call it a window when not window sills but the anyway you've dealt with all of that and the last the last big thing that's been kind of a slow motion car crash has been you trying to get anybody to return your calls schedule and show up and do a job on some things that you need i i don't know specifically where we left it but i think we were waiting for a lot of people to to get back to you yeah, I guess you don't remember uh, any better than I do about where we left off. But uh, I'm pretty sure the last thing I was trying to do was get people to come paint stuff on the house. I talked well, about yeah, it on a past yeah, show yeah. and I wasn't able to do it. They were supposed to paint a bunch of trim on the house. I had a bunch of I, I think I complained in the episode that I would uh, call people up and say, hey, uh, or contact them. And then I just say all that. Did, are you yeah. feel like I unsatisfactorily relayed that? No, you made it seem like I had already gotten the painting done, and I'm sure last time we spoke, no, it no, the, the, it was done. the part that was so flummoxing because apparently this is just a condition of life now. Is that you had a very specific thing you wanted done, and you called people who presented themselves as professional tradespeople, who, well, I guess secondarily, never, never <laughs> made it there to do the job, but sometimes just wouldn't answer your call. There'd be, what was, the, what was the one? I think the one we, the big one we left, it was the, hila- the hilarious, sorry. The, the one where you had like worked out a whole thing with the person and then they just didn't show up. Wasn't that one where you had it all scheduled and it was all like good to go? And then the well, person, yeah, so that, I think, I think, might you think they picked up another off. fair along the way or something. Yeah, that a bunch of people came and gave estimates, but then I never heard from them again. One person gave an estimate and then I did hear from them again. And I said, great, uh, you get to do the job because by default, you're literally the only person who has actually completed the sequence of providing an estimate and then answering me when I said you should do it anyway. I mean, a, a low bar is still a bar. Yeah. And I think I was at the stage where we were trying to say, okay, so uh, when are we going to schedule this? And I don't remember if I gave this background, but this was at the very, very beginning of the summer because I tried to get a jump on it this time. And and what I said to the guy when he was here in person, I'm like, I'm not in a big hurry. Like, if, as long as you can get it done sometime this summer, that's fine. And then he asked me, hey, are there any times when you're going to be out of town this summer? Uh, be- <laughs> wow, that's <right>? sketchy. <laughs> Well, anyway, you know, just like, and I, I did ask him, I had, like, we don't need to be here for this, right? But I, you know, I would prefer to be there for it. He's like, no, you don't actually need to be here since it's all outside your house. We could do it all without you, but it's better if you're here. Mm-hmm. So let me know if you're going to be out of town. So this was back in May or something. I said, great, here are the, you know, days when I'm not going to be here. And I gave him like, you know, from this date to that date and this date to that date. But the whole rest of the summer, anytime during there is fine. And then I think that's where we left it. And then it was like, okay. Um, and then. I just wouldn't hear from him. And I'd start to get a worry. Like, does he remember I still exist? Does he remember that he agreed to do this thing? Well, I mean, if I could say, I mean, there's lots of reasons that could be. The person might have, God forbid, passed away. But I think common things are, the, the big two are, did did he, did this person simply like forget? 
or is that person deliberately not following up with you, right? Isn't that part yeah. of the, the the conundrum is figuring out like, hey, you know, if you got a better job, just tell me, I'll go somewhere else. But like, I'm I'm committed to this if you are. But right, but yeah, like at this point, everything, we, everything, you know, papers have been signed, like things like it's going to happen, right? Everything is all agreed upon. The only thing we're missing is a date. Mm-hmm. And so I would periodically contact him either by email or on the telephone and say, hey, remember me? Uh, do you have a place where you can put me on the schedule again? I'm not in a hurry, but I would just like a date. They could he could have told me a date two months from now. I just wanted a date so I could put it on my calendar and say this is the date when it's going to happen. And it was always like, oh yeah, no, we've been busy or the weather's been bad or maybe someone will come out there next week or whatever. And it would never happen. And I would give him a week and I would contact him again. And we were doing that dance for every week, week and a half. I would get in touch and he'd be like, oh yeah, I'm not sure. I'll tell you when or whatever. And then finally, I'm about to go on my Long Island vacation, which we talked about in the last episode. Mm-hmm. And like three days before I'm going to leave, he contacts me and says, great, we're ready to do your job now. And this is, again, with the, with your sort of request that you would like to be there. I, I think I understand why you want to make sure that it's done right. You don't get your ladders all over the wall. But mm-hmm. so so you had followed up. You tried to be good about this. And then it's like it hadn't the discussion hadn't happened. At least he remembered he still was going to do a job for you. Yeah, and I had to say, you know, as we discussed earlier in the summer, I'm going to be out of town for X dates and Y date. Uh, and I said, do you think you can get it done in the three days between now and when I leave? Uh, because if not, we should schedule a time after mm, I get back. That's so stressful. Ugh. Yeah. And he said, yeah, we should schedule a time after you get back. How about such and such a date? And I said, sold. <laughs> now, I wrote it down. <laughs> Did you write it down? <laughs> right. So we I finally, finally, after months and months of back and forth, I had a date and it was going to be like the Monday after I returned from Long Island. And the whole time on Long Island, I'm like, do we think this guy's going to show up on the Monday, you know, like on, on the agreed date? It's the first time I had had a date, to be fair. Up until that point, I hadn't had a date. And apparently... The people who work in these trades are very loosey-goosey about giving a date because they never know where they're going to be or whatever. And so is, but they're not good about keeping you updated. Like, yes, I remember you still exist. Yes, I know you still want a date. That keeps them, that keeps the flexibility and power in their hands, but de facto. Yeah, I just think they're bad at communication. I, like, no, I, I think, I think it's, I think it's terrible. It's, you know, and again, like if you just can't do it, won't do it. Like I, I'm not the first person in the world who said to somebody, hey, that thing we talked about, I can't do it for X reason. Or even like, hey, you know what? Something else came up that I've got to do. You could even say, and it's paying me more. That would be something that like a, a, a decent professional would do. And then and then call on like Sunday night and say, are we still good to go for Monday? Yeah. So <laughs> the, the, I get back from my Long Island vacation and I, I forget what the details. I think there was like a bad weather day on Monday or something and like it was raining uh, and then, like, basically around, like, in the afternoon on that day, uh, he sent me an email and said, oh, just wanted to let you know that we're we can't we're not going to start today because of the rain, but we'll start tomorrow. So I'm like, yay. Like, they remember I exist. And they didn't remember promptly to tell me, oh, yeah, I know we told you we were going to start today. Right? So I did have the day to think maybe they forgot about me or whatever. But just as I was about to email him, he emailed me and said, yeah, we know, you know, we know we were supposed to start today, but it's raining. So we'll start tomorrow. And they did start tomorrow. And over the course of, <laughs> uh, you know, they the next <laughs> week or week or week and a half or whatever, it took them a long time because it was kind of like sometimes there was a lot of people uh, working on it. Sometimes it was just one lonely person working on it. It was kind of in dribs and drabs that I didn't care. Like I was out there doing my normal stuff, making sure they're not doing the wrong thing, warning them about all my my soft siding. Um, 
you know, pointing out all the little things that I want done, trying to help them as best I could say, do you need me to do this? Do you need me to open that? I don't want you to paint my windows shut. So when you're ready to paint these, let me know and I'll open the windows and you know, you can paint them when they're open and we'll let them dry. So they don't, you know, you know, you know about painted shut windows, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I have two sets of on the bay windows. I've I've been in places where I think the windows were painted shut perhaps decades before I moved in. They've been, they've been, they've been painted and painted over. And I mean, do people not know what that means? Like with, with usually, especially like lifty windows and in places where maybe people don't open their windows much, it's like, you get this sometimes in like a guest bathroom or a garage bathroom where somebody's painted the interior so many times that they've painted over, you would need a razor blade at least to like get that thing open again. Yeah. These are the windows that were the biggest problem here because all my windows are new except for the quote unquote new windows that I didn't replace. Right? Remember when I got my windows replaced? I said, mm-hmm. well, we'll replace all the windows from the 30s. Is that part of the siding project? Yeah. We'll replace all the windows from the 30s, but I'll leave the new windows. And the new windows were Anderson windows from the 80s. Those were the new windows. So I'm like, well, if they're from the 80s, they're practically brand new. The 80s were like 20 years ago. So like, why should we replace them? Right. Um, and so we didn't replace the Anderson windows, but uh, one of the, in the room now has a big Anderson Bay window. And it has four windows, like the the two angled sides, and then there's two windows in the flat part of the bay like a, window. Like a bay, a bay, yeah, bay window with yeah, see, like like half of a octagon. Yeah. And they're casement windows; they open like books or doors, right? You mm-hmm. know, they open out on on hinges. And the two center windows were painted shut decades ago, <laughs> and not painted shut on the edge that you think, but they they had built up so much paint on the like on the hinge edge that that was binding. That that's our medicine cabinet. Our medicine cabinet. Which is basically, if you've ever been in a door, one time people at New College tried to calculate how long it would, how many times you'd have to paint a New College 15 by 15 room for it to disappear. Mm-hmm. That, that's what we're talking about. My, the medicine cabinet in our bathroom has been painted over, I can count five. There's including some really cool looking like old tealish aqua, which is probably from the 70s or 60s. But like it, it can neither open nor close all the way because it's completely the wrong size for the mm-hmm. hole now. Yeah, these ones, uh, the uh, the edge that where the doorknob would be, if you think of those doors, that edge was free uh, after a little bit of no, persuasion. no, I feel you. Yeah, but the hinge edge was you can no paint good. over so hinge said, too. Yeah, yeah. So I said, I said, don't worry about those. I can't open them for you. Like I tried, I can't open them. So those are just going to stay closed. Feel free to paint them, and don't worry about painting them shut. Somebody beat you to it. Uh, but all the other ones, I opened for them and did all the stuff. They meant you know, they could work around all of our window unit air conditioners. And it was the normal sort of, you know, I'm not going to say slog, but like, there I am trying not to be too annoying. But of course, they're never doing a good enough job that I, you know, they're never doing the job that I would do. This is not a defense. It's just a note to add. So all those times that you called this person or that you contacted this person, I mean, I know this from landlord experiences, like that person's out in the field and doing stuff and getting pinged all day long by Mm -hmm. people like you. And yep. now it just happens that that is the piece of Massachusetts where that person is standing and they're still getting pinged all day. They're still probably having to deal with whatever their version of staffing is, right? I mean, well, that's I mean, what you're describing, a, different groups of people and yeah. There's a division of labor here because the people who are painting my house are not the people I'm calling on the phone. Oh, like absolutely. There's, there's I'm pretty sure my, my wife labor. is pretty sure whatever this version of you have a version of this everybody has a version of this the home depot parking lot like where or you know and this has been featured in sitcoms well, I, 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 yeah i hope they're not picking up people at the home depot oh parking that's lot. definitely where ours come from yeah but you know i think these are employees of the company but they're the people who do the mm-hmm. painting and there's the people who coordinate the work and, of course and, yeah you know and anyway 
I mean, part of the problem is there was one sort of like job supervisor who was on site who talked to me about what they were doing and I talked to him and everything like that. But most of the the working people who are actually doing the painting either didn't speak any English or didn't speak very good English. And very often I was trying to communicate with them about stuff like one of but, my... But there's no interlocutor there. It's not... A, it is in some sense a language issue. It wouldn't be a language issue if there was somebody there who was the go-between. Yeah, yeah. But very often there wasn't. But like, like for example, they were doing the shutters and my shutters are super old. And I talked to the like the supervisor guy before and I said, look, you know, if you take off a shutter and it just falls apart in your hands, like, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Like, they're old. I know they're old. Just be as careful as you can. And if they break, oh, well... I'll deal with that, but just, you know, try to try to paint all the shutters. And it turns out the ones that were still in the house mostly held up because the ones that are really bad, I had already taken down. But one of them had one of the slats break in the shutter. And so I was like, oh, I have, I have, of course, I have spare slats. I got backups, right? I had a spare slat. I'm like, uh, I can take that slat and I'll, I'll go find a spare one, cut it to length, shove it into the little thing. But then, of course, it needs to be painted because now it's the odd one out because the whole rest of the shutter was painted except for the one that broke. So I had to communicate to the painters. Um, this one had a missing... Uh, thing but i have a spare one and i put it in there can you just paint that spare one that i put in and they nod their head and say yes i have no idea if they understood a word that i was saying but i think they could just look at the shutter and say oh there's one slat that's not painted i'll fix it mm-hmm. so that worked out um good good this the, the part of the reason i like this person remember i said this is the person that i liked when we talked about it because i had talked to him about like why don't people yeah. follow through like they come out uh, the, they come all the, out the vibe was not as concerning as the other ones yeah, I said I, I talked to him about the other painters. Why don't why don't they you know come through and do it? You know they come out here and they give an estimate, but then they and uh, then they never I never hear from them again. I say okay, I want you to do it. They're like, nope, sorry, can't be bothered. They're like you came already out here to make an to do an estimate anyway. He was saying what they would do and the, for the price they would do it. They said here's what we'll do, and just so you know, we're not going to like I forget what he described it as, but basically a a, a simplified way to say it is we're not going to do an amazing job. Like what they mean is, you know, you got an old house. It's got many layers of paint. We're not going to sit there and sand off all the old paint and smooth it down. Just managing expectations, but also that thing I learned sweeping at McDonald's, just get the big stuff. Yeah. Cause I, and you think about painting. Think about, I don't know how you, you don't, when I look at things in California, it's like, all, it's all a movie set. Like none of the buildings mm-hmm. are real and all the, That's all true. the walls are thin and you have mm-hmm. no insulation and it's weird. But uh, the I'm schools sure you are have, empty. There's not even yeah. anything inside. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sure you have uh, plenty of things somewhere around in and around your house that have been painted many, 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 many times. <laughs> 1928, John. Right. And you can see the layers of paint and you can see that. That's why, what, that's why I'm saying know. it's like the city of Rome where it's nicked in our bathroom. So we do all of our own internal painting because we've learned about, again, a process I've talked about in the 23 years I've lived there. We call it the punitive repair where they seem to be deliberately doing a terrible job just as some form of like, you know, some Foucault version of punishment, I guess. But yeah, you, you see all that. But so, so what happened? So you, th- you had felt good about that. And then that person was needed on urgent business. And so you're there speaking with your hands like you do. I mean, all I wanted to say is that they, the person was up front with what they're going to do. Like, he's not going to remove all the old paint. He's not going to sand everything smooth. He's just going to basically scrape off the big stuff yeah, and then paint over it with more paint. And so if it was lumping again, before... So like if there was if there were spots... So there, the sanding part, if I understand, this is just from my own interest. As I paint 3D miniatures here, I think about things like this. But so if you were to really want to do a great job, like the kind of job they wouldn't do on Hack My Home... You would want to, I assume, do the kind of stuff you would do with the window sill or the window ledge where you would go and you'd want to like sand it down and maybe 
putty and prime it, whatever you would want. So you don't get those weird discontiguous lakes, those little holes of like where something was incompletely like evened out. They're not going to give you that white glove service for this. Yeah. Like, I mean, again, yeah. look at anything on your house, especially the exterior that's been painted multiple times. It looks like the surface of the moon. There's craters everywhere, right? Agreed. It's yeah, not totally. a big flat surface. If people are envisioning like, oh, it's just a buildup of thick paint, like layer after layer, like a sandwich. No, think of the surface of the moon. There's craters and then you paint and then there's new craters and then you paint and there's new craters and then you paint and sometimes the craters compound. So anyway, that was clear that that was what was going to be done and that was what was done. So the, my expectations were correct and the the price reflected that. And I did ask, I was like, okay, so if you wanted, uh, you know, I, I said this when we talked about it before, if you were to do it where you sand everything smooth and take off all the old mage and everything, like just out of curiosity, just how much more money would that cost? And they said, uh, I couldn't even couldn't even give you an estimate because we don't even do that kind of work. So if you want that, want mm-hmm. it to be like that, you should hire someone else, right? And I didn't, I <laughs> didn't want to pay. An, it. That's an interesting way to put it, right? And so they, they couldn't because I wanted to know: is it twice as much, ten times as much, a hundred times? Yeah, as I mean, much? like, how, of, what 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 percent again? Like, is it going to be fifty percent again? Is it going to be three times as much? Like, you know, or yeah, is it, or, or is it going to be a hundred times as much? Right. Because it could have been because that's like labor and hours and everything. But that also, like, with all, and again, because I like you and I, I think in some ways have very like project manager tendencies. And whenever I I look at stuff like that, even now I look at it in terms of how much do I know? How much do I not know? And (laughs) not everybody thinks this way, thank God. But when I look at that, I think of something like, you know, if you want me to, here's like, like, and I would go through this with helping people with website stuff where I'm like, look, I can do the basics of like getting you set up on a shared account. I can create your little, you know, HTML folder and I can get things configured in cPanel, but you're not going to get a new website out of that. It's, that's a different thing. It seems like it's all just computer, right? But in that instance, that person, it sounds like that's not something they like to offer. And I'll bet part of it is because they don't control it as much. Now he's probably dealing with a subcontractor and that, give, again, gives him less power and flexibility. What he's at is that we don't have people who could do that kind of work. Mm-hmm. Just like it's a, it's a, we have, you know, labor that works for us and they don't have the skills or tools to do that period. Right. So like I said, if you want, if you want that better than fibbing about it, you know? Yeah, no. And I was fine with that because I wanted to get this done inexpensively. I knew it wasn't going to be amazing. Anyway, they're doing the job and I see them doing it the way they said they were. And it's still, it's like, it's still just like little daggers to your heart. It's like, Oh, if I, because because if I had done it myself and I have experience, cause I, you know, I did this, I did the window last year where I got uh, stuck on the the roof. roof. Yeah. I just sweated over that for hours and I did a terrible job, but it was my terrible job that took 20 times as long was better than their thing that they did in one twentieth of the time. Right. So their efficiency was better, but my final result Mm -hmm. was better because I did try to stand. I did a bad job, but I tried and they were like, no, we're not even going to scrape off what's there and we'll paint what's over it. And I was like, all right, fine, whatever, because that's what I wanted. I just needed to get it done. needed to be weatherproof. And I needed them to get all of the spots that I can't get, like the, the rake boards on the second story of the house. I can't get up there. I'm not going to climb on a ladder on top of a roof on top of a roof. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Um. So so it, it, they got it all done um, and they were nice about it. And there was a couple of extra little things that I needed to be done. And they were like, oh, well, that wasn't in the contract. I'll have to call my boss, blah, blah, blah. And at the end of it, I was like, you know, did you call your boss about the other extra things they had done? And he said, ah, don't worry about it. And that makes me think I overpaid, but whatever. But it mm-hmm. took a long time. Like if you look, if you count up the person hours, <laughs> if you don't feel screwed, you're definitely being screwed. Yeah, <laughs> the, the person hours were very high. But some days there was like four or five people here. Some days there was only one or two. But they took maybe like eight, ten days, and they there were long days. They'd get here in the morning. They even asked me like, "How long can we?" This is work? painting the exterior of your house, and it's not a premium job. 
Not the exterior, just the trim. Just the trim. Okay, this is this is this my house is out is of my. Painted. That seems how how many days? I don't know, ten. I mean, they skip the skip some days in the weekend. I think they weren't here on a Sunday. There might have been a holiday. Um, mm-hmm. It's 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 time consuming. It's labor intensive. It's not a yeah. lot of surface area, but every single window, the trimmer on every single window, all the shutters on all the windows, all the rake boards. Do you know what those are? Mm-mm. If you look at a house and there's like the little uh, you know upside down V that makes the line of the roof, like, along, a, key, like a keystone kind of. Uh, no, along the line of the roof is a, on my case, a, a molded piece of wood that you can't buy because it was made by some craftsman in the 30s. And uh, I'll, <laughs> send you, I'll have to send you a picture of it. And that, that's that's what I need to get rid of. I, I see what you're saying. And I, I, that, my remark there probably sounded idiotic because I, I understand that like how long one reckons it takes to do something has very little relationship to what it really takes, especially if you don't know what you're talking about. And find again with these 3D miniatures, fine detail takes a lot more than gross detail. Yeah, so it was not a lot of surface area, but it was it's a not, lot it's of, like they're not like they're using rollers, for example, right? Yeah, you know, a lot of labor, a lot of setting up things, you know, and a lot of fine work around glass and being careful not to get paint on other things. So, you know, it got done. Um, I, I'm going to put it in the wind column. I checked it off my to do list. This has Wait, been so on that's my, it. This had been on my to do list. That's since, not bad, John. Since, I thought it was going to be know, catastrophic. No, I thought maybe you lost water for a water supply for a month or something. And like, I I feel like uh, this this is a company that's (sighs) difficult. All these companies are very thirsty for you to review them on all the various sites, right? Oh, they're way more into talking about that than what time they're going to show up tomorrow. Yeah, and well, it's not them. It's an automated system that's like, hey, review the whatever. And uh, like, Mm -hmm. this, I would I would continue to put this in the column of like, would you recommend this company? Mm, I would talk to somebody first. I would say, look, this is what they're going to do for you if that's what you want. Then they will do maybe, that. Maybe a, be- a better answer is, um, are are you uh, are you mad about this? Because you know when you say to somebody, "Would you recommend this?" There's a phrase we've used on Two by Friday over the years, which is, you know, when some- I won't say it because it's got the S word in it. Um, but you know, when somebody says to me, "Like, what do you use for email?" and I go X, and they, well, <laughs> Jesus, he's even ruined X. <laughs> um, I, I, I use I use N for email. And, and they go, oh yeah, so you like it? I'm like, no, no, you you didn't you didn't ask me what I recommend. You asked me what I use. So there's pound sign Merlin's poop list, which mm-hmm. is like here's I will tell you what I use, but no, I can't rec- I can't recommend Bo is Afraid as a movie. In that, in that case, I do like it, but like I there's no good email program. I can't recommend that. In that case, like you're either going to be the shill who says who's one of those like I don't know if you ever saw the wonderful Confess Fletch movie. Every time Fletch John Hamm gets out of a car, he says five stars to, to, the, to the person. I wonder if it's one of those people who like understands like hey understands the psychology of that and goes you know what just so you know I know how important our reviews are. I love giving great reviews. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I don't want to be cynical or about it, but. Yeah, I mean, yes. What would you recommend it? Um, no, and then it's a whole thing because then people are like, "Well, why wouldn't you recommend it?" It's like, yeah, well, like it's not like I wouldn't. I mean, it's I like, I'm, saying, I, it's like it's, I'm saying, don't use them. I'm saying, like, but it's it's not like I'm going to suggest my aunt go to this cardiologist because I have personal knowledge of their abilities. Yeah, like like if this is what you need done, they will do it, mm-hmm. and it is what I need done, and they did it. But like, it, it it kind of hurts my heart a little because I I secretly wish that I could find somehow the painters who would charge me 10 times as much to do an amazing job. I just I haven't been able to find them. I don't know if I would pay them 10 times as much because I don't want I didn't want to spend that much. So I got what I wanted. But in, I really kind of wish like you always wish like if only I could find somebody who does it, you know, 
the way they do it on Home Improvement Show. I here. know. I just, find find somebody who's like a secret old world craft person. Yeah, exactly. And those people charge a bazillion dollars, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. Take a look at the picture I sent you. I just want you to know what a rake board is. See the things I circled in red? Those are oh, rake boards. And see how this is, it's a weird ass kind of like molding type thing. Right. You that that somebody made that in the 30 with in the 30s with a set of knives on on some kind of thing. Like you can't well, buy Well, they probably they probably they made it, it's probably custom and it's I'm using words I don't really fully understand, planed in a certain way. I bet this is not something where you cut a two by four in half and paste it up. Yeah, it's it's probably made of a series of pieces or whatever. But anyway, you can't like, buy yeah. that in a store, nor can you ask somebody, hey, That's a pretty like, house, if, John. You should like this. It's got that and those eyes like an Amityville horror house. Yeah, like <laughs> well, those those are new windows, actually. Um, is that if, Anderson but, windows from the 80s? Uh, the bay window is, yeah. Do <laughs> these casement windows? What are the eyeball windows? Are, are those, those are new, just quarter new windows. New or old new? Those are just quarter windows in the attic. Those are new. When we bought the house, there Oh, wait, were, that's where the computers are. Yeah, that's right. <gasps> yeah, just, just so if I got up there, I'd be able to look in and, and, and see Max. Yeah, but anyway, you see that top rake board. Like, I'm, mm-hmm. there's no way I'm getting up there to paint that. Oh, no, 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 no. Right on the edge like that? No, no, thank you. This was this is a, uh, an older picture, so there are some other mm-hmm. things that are slightly different about the house. Um but yeah, all in all, it went okay. They did a pretty good job of uh, cleaning stuff up. Uh, you know, they, they missed a few things here and there, but it's not a big deal. Oh, I, I forgot to I forgot to mention. Sorry, I forgot to mention the one the one flub they had. So when they were when they were putting back the shutters, I'm running around. I'm, this is 100 percent Merlin mode. I, you could probably do an impression of yourself better. But like, hey guys, <laughs> like when you're putting the shutters back, if you need any help knowing like which ones went in which spot, I have pictures of the house and I could show. That's you I'm in so, the siding. That sounds like you talking about your siding. Yeah, I'm so. I'm so well, no, the, this, what did they do to the siding? They they got like oh, they, was, they screwed up the siding bad. I'm no, no, mad the original the siding people. What was the the egregious? There was the snake under the porch. There's all that stuff. But what was the, wasn't there one where they egregiously they installed something like genuinely crooked? It something. wasn't crooked. They left a gigantic gap underneath the window. And I was like, that's not, you can't, right. you got to I sent you that, that one where the, where the Home Depot guys had made little, I don't know what you call it, a rabbit, a biscuit, a shunt. They'd made these little like pieces of wood, like tapped in with a mallet. Shims, yeah. Shims. Do you remember that? Where there mm-hmm. was like a, I don't know. I mean, even in the width of a bay window, a left bay window, it was something like, it, by the time you started as a, you know, like a, like a wedge, right? On the left, it's just a little bit, but by the time you get to the right side, it was like like an inch high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh well, we'll just we can't fix the house, we can't fix the window, we'll just add new wood. Yeah, that was a uh, that's something that's come up on uh, car rebuilding channels that I watch. People are uh, rebuilding these, like, well, in this case, it was a two million dollar car. What kind of cars are two two million dollars in value? Or I mean, two million dollars. What made it two million dollars? Because that's how much it costs to buy it. It's a it's a pre existing automobile or it's like a super McLaren. Yeah, or like something? someone bought a two million dollar two million dollar car brand new at three hundred miles on it. And what then what the, brand of car is that that would be? Uh, like it was that? a McLaren P one. Oh, McLaren, they're so bad. And and they were they were they were in Florida and a hurricane came through. And, oh no! And, and washed the washed the car out of their garage and down the road. So that's total, uh, right? Oh and, no! Yeah. Um, so it's got 300 miles on it. It was too many. Hopefully the person had good insurance, right? Oh my God. That's horrible, John. But anyway, that's where the car rebuilding channels come in. You can buy it from the insurance company or whoever's got it. You can get right. a salvage title for a car that was totaled. And then now you've got a car that's been flooded and you know, you can yeah, try but, to but like your wiring harness videos, right? You get something like that and you can like cannibalize. Yeah, this is way, this is way worse than the wiring harness thing. It's like the thing was literally underwater all the way, all the way underwater. Right, like a hundred. Right. It's salt. What do, you, what do you? Out of curiosity, if you remember, what, what does a person end up paying for a? Uh, total? What's your What's your guess? It's been under under salt water for like a week. Hundred fifty k, five hundred and fifty k. Really? Yeah. Five hundred fifty k. Just just, just just for me to be the dumb guy who doesn't drive anymore. 
uh, this is like a non-functioning water. Hundred percent non-functional. Nothing. It does not I mean, run. I'm does the not work. Gonna need, Every piece of that episode of Car Talk where somebody spilled a gallon of milk in uh-huh. the backseat of the car, and and it was uh, one of my favorite like Tommy things where Tommy's like, "I got some advice for you. Sell the car. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're never gonna get a gallon of milk out of the interior of your car. Imagine a f- five wait five hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars and and mm-hmm. and i guess you get to a price like that because there's there's probably somebody out there who would definitely pay fifty thousand there's some people who would pay two hundred and there maybe there's somebody who pays seven hundred that is that is that a competitive amount to charge for that or is it just somebody with too much money that, that's a reasonable price for a bunch of complicated reasons but keep in mind also this is a it's like a supercar with like a v12 engine but it also has a battery because this how, is how old is it? hybrid um i guess maybe like Four, three, or four oh, years old. That's heartbreaking. But but it's it's also Wait, so hybrid. It's, so an, it's, a, it's a it's a partially electric McLaren. Right. The pickup right. so, in that so thing as, must as be as crazy. You can imagine, what's the, a zero? The, what's a zero to sixty on something like that? Uh, like two and a half, I think. Seconds. Yeah. Um, and the the it's got a big battery in it, so you can imagine a battery that's been sitting in salt water. That's gone. Oh, that'll, right? that'll be fine. Every, just put it, just put every it piece of yeah. pretty much every piece of electronics in the car gone because you can't put that in salt water, right? <laughs> anyway, um, I bring this <laughs> you, up because when they're when they're taking apart the car, which by the way is filled with sand mm. and, and the most foul smelling, uh, salty, briny. Anyway, uh, they're taking <laughs> apart taking apart the body panels. They get to the part because this is this is a two million dollar car, right? They make I think they made like five hundred of these in the whole world, right? It's not a high volume product, right? Um, and they were taking off the body panels, and when they were taking off, like but like by the the driver's side door and like the hood in that little corner. They noticed that to get the body panels to align correctly, the people who built this car had put in not one or two little metal shims to prop up a piece of metal, but six shims. Six thin metal shims had been wedged in this you, I, you, I'm sorry. I, you lost me or I lost me. Wait, so where where like two of the components, like a door, where like a door and a quarter panel? Yeah, like think, think of the body panels in a car. You want them to mm-hmm, line up mm-hmm. so like when the door is closed that it yes. lines up with the side of the car. Mm-hmm. And very often these very expensive supercars are like built by hand in very low volume and the pieces don't fit together that well. So mm. to make this fit kind of like the thing in your house, like, well, it doesn't really <laughs> fit, but we can make it fit. They use six metal shims in this, in this $2 million <laughs> car to make, and it's not like that's, one that's frustrating, <laughs> not like one little tiny skinny shim, but six right. shims is like a centimeter thick. Well, like, and that's why you get a thing like this is because it's so, you know, finally yeah, finished so, right yeah so, yeah i don't think people want that kind of like uh so, so what do you you buy you buy a two million dollar car for five hundred thousand dollars you're gonna do something with it it's gonna be a fun project for you and your kid whatever um are you just mostly trying to get the chassis out of it what are you trying to get out what, well, what do you expect I mean, keep, to get keep in what mind yield? i'm watching this on a youtube channel so mm-hmm. number one it is the big c word content mm-hmm. oh, he's, sure. he's gonna yeah. get like two years worth of content out of this like his that's business true. is yeah. youtube this is an expense you know that business. is john that's disruptive that's disruptive that they don't account for that in the economy but but the second thing is if he successfully rebuilds this car and sells it he'll be able to sell it for a million and a half maybe even two million because this is a very rare car uh, you can't buy one anymore. They're all they all sold immediately before the, even the first one shipped, and there was only about five hundred of them. So now they're on a resale market, and their price is going up over time, not down. Right, 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 right. The, the, like Will Rogers says, they're not making any more. Exactly, it's, it's like fine art, essentially. Like it's the <laughs> yeah. same thing, but the price keeps going up because lots of people want it, but only one person can have it. In this case, only five hundred people can have it. So, if this car is successfully rebuilt 
it will be worth a lot more than 500,000. But even if it's not, he can make $500,000 worth of content from on, uh, on This is YouTube why it's so channel. important for you to hit that bell. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So yeah, I I wish him the best of luck, but like yes, it's part of the, it's part of why he got this is because you're watching someone rebuild a car, you want to see them rebuild the one that every time they take off a panel, tons of sand and fish and salt water come out. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And I I you know I think we've you and I have talked about this. There, will, I will go through periods. I, I have like YouTube periods, much like Picasso, and and I'll go through a period where I'm really into like watching some. There's this one channel I particularly like. I know there's lots of channels where you renovate like <laughs> an old cheese cutter or a or like mm-hmm. a, a child's like you know um, deadly lead filled game from the nineteen <laughs> early nineteen hundreds. Though some of those are absolutely spectacular, very satisfying. And some of my favorites are actually actually like bringing back an early eighties Tonka truck and how the person uses peroxide and like um, I love that kind of stuff. The stakes are so different for stuff like that though. Yeah, and those things usually like in one in one uh, video you could go from the big rusty thing to the shiny beautiful thing. This is but also this why is I think be... I might need a sandblaster. Yeah, this is going to be like a multi-year project. And I've watched a couple of these multi-year projects, but this is definitely the one of the biggest ones because it's the most expensive car I've seen someone tackle, and it's in the worst condition. What's uh, just, you know, Blue Sky Solutioneering, what's your next step now? For the house stuuff well yeah. that's that brings me to the 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 next the, the next oh, update. Oh, we still have another uh, noun here. We're saying about I mean, tiles? there's always yeah, there's always more stuff to do. So tile. I I've had a tile situation for 12 years <laughs> something like that it's one hmm. of those things in a house we have a cream for that now yeah if you live in a house uh that's really old you you'll find workarounds let's say and if the workarounds work you're like what, All right. i mean what are, we, what are we talking about bathroom tile yeah so mm-hmm. I, I my like uh, bathroom wall tile yeah so i've got uh i've got a, a bathtub that's also our shower and it's got a shower curtain you know a typical thing right you mean like like in an american bathroom yeah, and there's mm-hmm. tile all around the bathtub on the the wall that doesn't have the shower curtain, right? Because the bathtub. <laughs> I'm gonna send you some photos of ours. Yeah, the you bathtub... gotta see the old world craftsmanship. I'm gonna start taking photos and sending them to you just to stress you out. I think I've seen some of your things before. But oh, yeah. I know you've seen some of them, but I haven't really like full. I mean, like when they. It's a long story, but like you know, the, when you caulk something, and mm-hmm. you you know you want to make it presentable, and a good caulker will will do the thing where you like kind of plane off the top and then you do the nice little divot in it and then you clean it up and then you go back and you like like tick off the little bits that look all screwed up um and this one it basically so imagine i'm holding one of those big dap tubes mm-hmm. with the gun and and so <clears throat> i'm gonna give you a sound for this imagine this and basically there's a big spooge of of caulk that's kind of near the wall that nobody ever cleaned up and then i i did what i could with <laughs> you know with an exacto knife but that's that's what we're talking about that that kind of stuff yeah you just send me some of those pictures i enjoy oh, absolutely that, well that caulking I'm, my house is filled with it but anyway <laughs> that i've got tile all around the tub right because the, you've got the shower curtain it's just on one side of the curtain like where the water would otherwise spray out into the rest of the bathroom but, the, you, but I'm, the just, other... I'm sorry am i simple john you're talking about a bathtub that's a shower like people like me have yeah so you've got a bathtub, you've got a spigot thingy, you got a shower head, and then you've got a you pull the shower curtain across, and on yep. three sides there's tile. There's a tub on the bottom, and then you got the rest of the of the of the of the toilet bathroom. Exactly. And okay. uh, yeah, yeah, for, yeah. Well, for the story past checks out. decade and a half or so, I think only a couple of years after we moved into the house, we noticed, you know, the, the typical new homeowner experience. Like old of, crumbly grout 
kind of thing. No, this is this. I mean, you you must have had this experience. We were new newish homeowners, like mm-hmm. two, three, maybe five years. We're sitting on our couch in our living room watching television. And <laughs> I this do. Is, this is one of the quintessential new homeowner experiences. Uh, you you don't think about it happening until it happens once, and then you think about it all the time. Sitting on the couch watching television, and what happens? Water drips onto your head from the ceiling above. That's never a good sign. That indoors is in the house. We've we've had that. Uh, yeah, we've had we've had that a lot, and it is very it is very concerning. And then yeah, you look right. up and you see the little stain. It's even more concerning when you own the house. You would think it's more concerning. When you, you know what? That's a, a really good point. You do own, you do own the house. You own the house. You own, own the problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we eventually track that down to the the uh, the wall that is opposite the shower curtain. That tile wall. Mm-hmm. Somehow it leaks. Water, when you're taking a shower, water gets into and behind that wall. The incidental water of a shower is getting between the tiles, accumulating and dripping down. You got it. Then accumulates in a little pool on the ceiling. And then and, and eventually. I bet, I bet it's fine for a while. But when Aunt yeah, Edna comes and takes when a 40 three, minute shower. three kids take showers in a row. They're you know, so dirty. They're so dirty. Yeah. Then it drips, drips, it pools, and then it drips mm-hmm. through the plaster. <laughs> and then so. Uh, John, this is so stressful. Right. And so this is. Uh, we were trying to deal with this, but that we we came up in the meantime, we came up with a workaround. Can you guess the workaround? You got clear plastic sheeting and and uh, duct taped it over the tile. You're overthinking it. Take a look at this picture. You put a different shower curtain on that side. Boom. We okay. we already have a technology to stop water. Holy crap, John! This bathroom's really nice. Well, let's see the second shower curtain. Oh, those birds. Yeah, it's nice. It's flowers. It's, it was redone in the '80s. It's new. Oh, yeah, and you, I shouldn't talk about your house, but you got jets too. Uh, this yeah, is no. nice, John. This is oh, look at that shower head. That's a gentleman's shower head. That you know what that is. That, that is an is illegal eighties full pressure oh, shower John. head. John, do you understand that that I have in the past used the offices of Cards Against Humanity to have things delivered that Alex then sends me because mm-hmm. I just can't. You can't get good insect spray anymore. You can't get. It's all orange oil now. It might as well come with love beads and acoustic guitar. I mean that shower head may look gross, but I'm I'm taking no, it out no, of no. this house. You can put that in, you just dip that, you you take out, you know what you do, you do what daddy does. You fill you up a quart uh Ziploc bag with CLR yeah, or I whatever. Know. I need to do that. I desperately need to do that. But here's the thing, I don't want to mess with it too much because also, it I have two I have two backups. Old. I have two backups of our yeah, water and, pressure. And the pre- the the water pressure on this is, is unbelievable. It like it, oh. it is is just it wastes so much water. I, I hope you I hope you appreciate that, and by that I mean I hope that on a fairly regular basis, you, you know, you know, this could be worse. I got at yeah, least I, I got appreciate a good it every time I, I we go somewhere else and you take a shower with a modern shower head. You're like, oh, how do people live like this? Oh my god, the hotel that we were at for my niece's wedding. Is it? Am I looking at? And I'm again, tell me if I'm talking out of school, but there's a horizontal. The first horizontal line is slightly discolored. Is that where you think the problem was? No, the problem is everywhere. You can't you can't see it on here, but but if you <laughs> yeah, got I love it. that you mounted one of these like that's that's like our our cheesy like spring loaded. Yeah, no, that that's it's just a shower curtain on a spring loaded no, no, bar, understand. right? Understand? But, yes. but it's against it's, the wall. It's luxurious. It's like, yeah. Who would put a shower curtain? And it's pulled back for the purposes of showing the tile. I understand. Right? Yeah, but yeah, it's always sure. closed, right? So who would put a second shower curtain? Well, that is a workaround, and guess what? That workaround has worked for like fifteen years. Okay, and like what do you do? You expect me? In some broken ass part of your brain, you expect me to go, oh, John, that's not acceptable. Are you kidding me? Putting up a shower curtain versus like for trying to find some big strong man to fix my tiles. Like, the dude, this is the most minimally invasive way to fix this problem until it's something you need to do more about. 
Yep. And so we've been doing that. Like we replaced the shower curtain. I mean, I forget my saying it. It is is almost the equivalent. It's like a life hack. It's like one of those, this is not ideal. It's not elegant, but this will scratch my itch until we have to like tear the engine out of this bathroom. Yeah. And I tried to fix it myself multiple times. And every time I thought I- just recalking over it? Yeah. And I I tried all sorts of things. And every time I thought I had it, uh, you know, the drip drip would start again. And I'd be like, all right, so. I I really wonder if it's that bead- uh, at the like that part's discolored, but like the, the the big white thick bead. Yeah, no, that's I know what you're talking about. That's not it though. Like really? that is actually even as gross as that looks. No, 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 uh, no, no. That is actually solid, but you what you can't see are the voids in all the other places that just look normal to you. Mm-hmm. There are voids there, voids and craters. That's really uh, voids, craters, and uh, and and moisture. That's what the homeowner deals with. So I always wanted to find somebody who is willing to tackle this. I can describe the problem. Problem is this wall leaks, wall leaks, and we know that's the problem because this shower curtain has fixed it for fifteen years. So I'm pretty sure none, nothing yeah. else leaks. You've, because, you've, you know. you've isolated the problem area. Yeah, whatever the problem is, this stops it. So you, that's where the problem is. I don't know what the problem is. You're the expert, but I can tell you, water gets through this wall. Uh, do yeah, what you can. One dollar to, to, to make the chalk mark and uh, nine hundred. Yeah. $9,999 to know where to put the mark. Yeah. So I've been chasing tile people for ages. Finally got someone to connect with me to the point where they said, yeah, I think I can fix that. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And I said, great, you're hired. You know, I did ask how much do you think it'll cost? And like sold. Good. When can you do it? Mm-hmm. And then it was radio silence again. And so then I had to circle back and be like, hey, remember me? You, uh, you said it was going to cost this much money. I said, great. Can you do it? And then I asked you when the date, when you could do it. And you didn't give me a date. It's like, oh, yeah, that's because busy and blah 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 but i can probably mm-hmm. do it in the next few weeks blah 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 so right now we're in that phase of the person not committing to give me a date but we have tentatively agreed on an amount and a thing they're going to do <laughs> so i'll keep you updated on that but i'm Please. excited because this will be the end of an era if i can take down that little rod and second shower curtain mm-hmm. and be back to normal uh, lots of people wanted to redo the whole bathroom and i'm like yeah no because if you look at this bathroom like, you see all the little those little hand-painted flowers and crap all over it mm-hmm. Yeah, that, this this extends like all around the bathroom, not just in the bathtub area. So it's not like wow. you can just tear out the bad wall and put a new one in because it wouldn't match. Right. Yeah, those tiles are so large. They're uh, larger than I, I'm used to. So s- like eight and a half by eight and a half squares. I think of a tile like tiles that were in my grandparents in our bathroom, like four by four, maybe approximately. Yeah, these are they're twice as big. Oh, they're about eight by eight. OK. Yep. Wow. But but you can see they're hand painted, <laughs> the little borders that go around and it extends all around the bathroom. Hand painted. So like, huh. Yeah. You know, that's living, man. So I, I, you know, we could redo the entire bathroom, but I'm not signing up for that right now. So I just, no, absolutely I want... not. Baby, baby steps. I think you're doing the right thing, and you, you'll keep us up to date on whatever happens next with that. Yeah, if they ever come. But that's the I'm in that stage of someone has agreed to do it, but won't yet give me a date, and we'll see how it goes. Luckily, this is an indoor project, uh, and, and the person says it should only take one day. And hey, if it doesn't work, I'm willing to blow the money and say you gave it a try. Like. You had an idea of how you thought you could fix it. You did your best. Uh, then we'll just go back to the shower curtain. <laughs> it's sorry to keep thinking. I'm thinking of Hurricane Nettie, your yeah. new master suite. <laughs> Good luck. That's my too long update for uh, home projects. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you by Factor. You can learn more about Factor right now by visiting factormeals.com slash diffs50. With the busy fall season just around the corner, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Well, Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, and it can help you fuel up fast with uh, chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals 
that are delivered straight to your door. It's just food. They bring it to you. Isn't that nice? You'll save time. You're going to eat well and you stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Uh, they sent us some of these and, and they're really good. My family especially uh, uh, likes them because, you know, they're, they're not, it's not like health, 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 healthy food, but like, I think it's, it's the kind of thing my family likes. And that, that's what Factor does. They'll just bring you those meals that people like. The thing is with Factor, you can skip the extra trip to the grocery store uh, because they're fresh, never frozen meals already in just two minutes. And you have more than 34 flavor-packed options to choose from every week. That's so many options and so much flavor that's been packed. And if you want anything special, you know you can level up uh, with their gourmet plus options. Mm, prepared to perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time. So you can treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. <clears throat> or as the Germans say, asparagus. And uh, then you can keep your energy up with Lunch to Go, which factors effortless, wholesome meals like uh, grain bowls and salad toppers. No microwave required. Nothing wrong with that. And then to finish your order, uh, choose from 45 45 add-ons, including breakfast items like apple cinnamon pancakes, yum-zalicious, bacon, you know, the internet, and and, and cheddar egg bites. And then they also have smoothies. Those cheddar egg bites are good. I I should eat more things like that. They want you to rest assured. Uh, that you are making a sustainable choice because Factor uh, Offset, or as we say in America, offsets 100% of their delivery emissions to your door. Wow, that's pretty cool. Along with sourcing renewable electricity and featuring sustainably sourced seafood. Ding, ding, ding. So do me a favor right now and head on over to factormeals.com slash diffs50. That's D-A-F-F-S 50. Uh, you, you go there and uh, you're going to get 50% off your first box. I think that's what the 50 means or implies. Once again, that, that code is diffs50, D-I-F-F-S, five zero, at factormeals. And you go to uh, factormeals.com, you understand, slash diffs50. It's a lot to do, but I mean, you know, food is a big deal. Like, you should probably do this. You're going to get 50% off your box. So, so go and get it. Uh, you know, and from John and me, uh, I want to say our thanks to Factor for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. Everybody, this is um, this is a show that you can help support by going to relay.fm slash rd slash join, and uh, you could tie us a little money each month. You get bonus features once a month, as as well as some uh, extra episodes from across the network, and uh, relay.fm slash rd slash join. Yep. And then I think we have a topic. We do. We have time, right? Sure, I, I, don't, sure. I don't know where we're going with this, but I'm excited. We're going to fit it in. We're going to do it. Mm. This has been our fireworks factory for the past... I don't know, several months. It's mm-hmm. been in the notes. We've said we were going to get to it multiple times and we didn't. Now we're going to make it happen. And it's kind of good. It's been, I've been saving us for, I don't know, six months now or whatever, because I hear you talk about this topic on your other podcast. And I'm like, well, we'll talk about it on Erectus once you've settled, once you've kind of figured it out, like gotten a point of view, gotten over the, you know, the newness and the jitters and just settled in or whatever. I think we're at kind of at that stage now. So, so tell people what we're talking about. We are going to talk about quote unquote AI. Merlin's AI journey is what it says in our document. Yes. Uh, it's been in the news a lot. You've been using it a lot, thinking about it a lot, doing stuff with it, talking about it on your other podcast. Now it's time to talk about it on here. Perfect. Because really, I don't actually even have, I haven't really talked about this that much in other places. And I have been using it a little bit, although not as much as you, but. Um, <laughs> what have you been, what have you been using? Well, no, we're going to start with you here. I'll, I'll, I'll well, add. But like, okay. All right. I'll add I'll add my bits as we go. But you, uh, in typical Merlin fashion, are so very called in, into the principal's office. Are, are, are very interested in new things, and you Pointed spend a lot of time up on the wall. 
you've spent a lot of time playing with the stuff and figuring out what it's good for, what it's not good for, where it fits in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've also kind of already at this point navigated a lot of the early hype and weirdness surrounding it right right um and i just wanted to hear where you're at with this if you want to give a summary of your journey or if you just want to tell us where you're at now and not sure. give us all the steps that got you here no, 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 i'll go quick as i can um the, the journey such as it is is very simple i mean and i'm i'm gonna struggle not to be how i am uh, and just answer your question um well one part i feel like i need to say is like okay journey I really, I really, I don't like the way that the entire concept of AI has been concatenated with ChatGPT in particular. It, it bums me out. And I mean, setting aside how bummed out I am that people who've never even used ChatGPT have decided it's the downfall of society. It bums me out that like, I feel sometimes like when I see these people who are just like really hot under the collar about what AI is going to do to the world. And I'm like, I'm, you know, just holding my tongue because I don't want to get into a thing with people. The thing I'm excited about mostly is ChatGPT. As far as the journey uh, that I'm aware of, the first part was when the probably, I probably read about this like everything on Andy Bayo's blog, Waxy, but whenever the, I had never looked at anything open AI, anything chat GPT, any of that stuff. What, what I thought was fun and interesting and silly and straight up my alley were the emerging technologies, platforms, and apps that would let you generate uh, images from text prompts. So for, that was the stable diffusion, it was called diffusion B was the one I'd used for a long time. I've done another one called draw things. And if any of you unfortunates have ever seen some of my Norman Rockwell paintings of Mike Pence, that's where all that comes from. So that was what got me excited, and for obviously for reasons I'm happy to talk about. And then um, once I got onto ChatGPT, it was uh, it was very exciting and very thought provoking. And that's I think that's all I have personally made a point of doing with AI. So I'm leaving off all the like. Your your iPhone figures out when you should use Google Docs or whatever. Like I'm setting that aside. As far as the things I put my hand to to create something with technology that people call AI, there's been the image stuff and there's been the Chat GPT stuff, and that's that's the journey pretty much. Start with the Chat GPT stuff because I think for people who haven't actually used this but have just read about it, mm-hmm. I have to imagine like like you uh, you know alluded to that their view of it can't possibly be even remotely close to accurate. Because- the, the, the frustrating part, John, is that, and I, I, I keep trying to say this, and it's one of those things where it's like one of those dumb dependent clauses that nobody means and nobody listens to. But yet, <laughs> ChatGPT is not all of AI. And also, if you freaking idiots would use ChatGPT and really try to like use it like a thing that you would use... The way that, you know, people like us, like, what do you do? You get a new app, you look at preferences first, that kind of stuff. Like, learning to look inside of what this thing is, I think what almost everybody who uses this will tell you is, let's put all that little, like, speculative buzz stuff aside, and let's just say you can very quickly see the up and downsides of this. Which is not to say that you will see every upside and every downside. But anybody who thinks, oh, people who use this stuff are just trying to put people out of work. It's like, well, that's not accurate. And if you've never used it, you you cannot understand like how quickly you run into stuff that is completely bat crap insane that you know is bat crap insane. And now you're now you're at a fork in the road where you get to make a decision about how you massage what you're 
doing to try and get what you want. Or, you know, you could be a person and listen to what the computer's trying to show you, learn how to talk to it. Some way I learned how to become a little bit of a AI whisperer with those visual apps. But, you know, that that's the part that kind of gets me a little bit frustrated is like, I can tell you immediately. I mean, I allowed myself basically one mean tweet a week when I was very into this stuff. And one, one afternoon when I was particularly heated about this person, I goes, well, I'm, I'm chop, cheap, cheap, burp, burp, burp. And, and I was like, yeah, you know, the thing is they designed Coke machines to accept money and vend Coca-Cola. I don't ask it for relationship advice. And if I hear it say something that I think is bad relationship advice, I take my Coke and I leave. Dumb analogy, but like if you, the part about this that's magic, you can't describe to people because people are, I'm going to say it again, so desperately incurious about what using this is actually like. And I think people are unlikely to want to read things. And to understand the stuff I'm trying to share with you about why this is interesting, you're going to have to read from four screenshots. And I know that's not fun. So I'm trying to set all of that aside to just go, Jesus Christ, guys, like if you're using this as like the, the lawyer guy who used this and got into trouble for it and had to go stand in the corner, well, that person's an idiot. Like this is not, this is, this is a tool that can be abused, but if you don't understand what not abuse of this tool looks like, you haven't looked. So my question for you, uh, that's why I brought up people reading articles not understanding what it is. My question for you is, well, so especially now with, with the strike and it's such a hot issue and learning that like Marvel, did you see the thing where Marvel reportedly, allegedly, did you hear about this with Black Widow? Did you hear about this? I did not. Or Vision, it might be Vision. But we're like purportedly, allegedly, they took all of the, oh, what's that wonderful word? They don't say extras anymore. Um, they're like, but you know, pe- people who were not main speaking, you know top of the call list parts. They had everybody come up, get lined up, scan their faces. Oh, I know. I did hear about this, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. That's what somebody said. Yeah, they, that's they, they, that's fin- terrible. Fin- finish, uh, finish saying what it is. that They they scanned the extras and they said, okay, we don't need you anymore because now we can make a computer version of you do whatever we want. So you get or, paid But for like even, even more like sort of honorably, like even if you are in this and do get a credit, like we're still going to do, we're going to Peter Cushing you if it suits us. Yeah, like that's part of the deal. Like we don't mm-hmm. have to, we yeah. don't, instead of paying extras to be on set for 10 days, we can pay extras to be on set for one hour and then we CG them for the rest of the shot. I mean, I guess I, that's, I mean. All right, yeah. but anyway, let me, let me get to my question. The question yeah, about the chat yeah. GPT stuff, the, the, specifically about the text things where you type something and then you get text back, right? Because this, I feel like probably there is the most confusion in the general public about this and, and it is a confusing topic. So I'm interested in what you think about it. Yeah, please. What What is it? that is on the other end of that text prompt. Like what, what is there? Because there's been mm-hmm. a lot of articles about what people think is there and you having used it. What is your conception of what is at the other end of that text prompt? Um, I have not studied this closely. I, I've got, I found a link. Again, probably Andy, like, again, you don't need to know how it works. You just need to okay, like, what, okay, what but is like, it? Like well, a Coke machine gives you Coke. So what is what I think do? is happening, correct? I'm asking you, what do you think is there? Not how it does what it, do but I what think is there? Th- where? Uh, the other end of the text prompt. What is com- answering a computer? You? Right, sure, but uh, but a computer like it's it, it. This computer does different things than other computers. So what what is it that's like? What are the properties of the thing? You know you know how it works. You you type text to it and you see text back. My understand my understanding is that the way that ChatGPT and similar generative AI works is that a large language model has been trained on a whole bunch of words and of all different kinds and that it, that it learns 
patterns out of that that are elusive for us to figure out. But the, the I think it was um, Stephen Wolfram who said this, but the first person I heard say it was like, if you understand what generative AI does, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you type something and it responds, and it being, you know, this this app that has access to all of these, this glob of information, uh, it's it starts presenting you with words and those words are sentences. And, and the way Wolfram said it was that it's, it's basically word by word, it's figuring out the most quote reasonable next word to come after that word. And given the millions or whatever billions of words against which it's been trained, that enables it to, to understand a lot about relationships that are not intuitive or easy to understand, let alone munching together data sets that are synthesizing data sets that are just completely from like different buckets. So in my head, I imagine it being, I know this is not right or I suspect, I'm, I'm sure it's not right, but I do imagine the equivalent of like, I don't know, big, lots of databases of like, it's got, got access to all the stuff. And I, I have to imagine there's like at least a third part of that. There's the part where you get the interaction model for how to deal with this. You get this part back here, which is this big, you know, iron mountain full of data. And in between there's something happening that's, that to me, that's the AI part. That's the exciting part is like, how do I look at all of this data and come up with something that isn't just random garbage? That That's the kind of the magic or upsetting part to people. So what I think is I go in and I say something, it understands those as words, it being this app at you know, openai.com. And it uh, gives it gives me what it thinks is the most reasonable response to what that is. And the part, one part that's tricky and continues to be tricky that, that this will this will screw up a bunch of people from minute one is that no, it's not a person. It's not really pretending to be a person. It's forever reminding you that it's an AI model that's been trained through 2020 or whatever. You know, there's all that stuff. But like the the part about those interactions is that maybe you're like I think a lot of people kind of walk away going, "Oh, this thing's so dumb. It doesn't even know that." that kind of stuff. And it's like, well, yeah, but like what it does know is really extensive and based on facts. And I, I, if I were going to write a paper on Rene Descartes and I were to go and read the Encyclopedia of Philosophy entry on Descartes, I would not assume I've learned everything about Descartes. I assume that I now have, <laughs> an REM reference, a thumbnail sketch of the territory. That I, I have a rough idea that he was born and died in this time. And these are the things he's famous for. The same way that when I pick up a book, I, I look at the index. I look at the table of contents. You know, I, I look at all that kind of stuff. And that tells me things about the book and the author that I don't even need to read the book to understand. So uh, that, that's my understanding of it is that I go in and I ask it things. And I hope we'll get to the kind of stuff that I think is beneficial to ask it. But it sounds like we're also kind of still talking about the whole yeah, I have a, a couple more questions for you. And again, I don't, I don't. There's no correct answers to these. I'm mostly interested in like your conception of it because I'm like I don't know how it works behind the scenes. Neither do you. Like it's all about like what do you picture in your head? Because I think picturing in your head, like your conceptualization. I, mean, like, I, I don't get confused about searching Google and it not finding exactly what right. I oh, expected. Oh, well, that's a good that's a good example. We all have our own conceptualization of what Google is. It's it's wrong. Like we don't actually know how Google works behind the scenes. It's very complicated and none of us, you know, if you don't work for Google, you probably don't know how it works, right? But we have a conception well, and in our head. they've also normalized so much stuff that it might as well be AI. The, just if you think about the very idea of autofilling as you're typing. Like I don't know how that works. Is that AI? I don't think it is, but we are now so acclimated 
to every device we start typing and it not autofills, but you know what I mean? Like, or the idea of autocorrect on a phone. Mm -hmm. There are all these things that we look at as table stakes now when it's like, well, yeah, but that's actually a pretty big deal. And this is, that's not so different really from several aspects of ChatGPT. Well, things like that, although they are amazing feats of technology, are very fairly easy for us to conceptualize, like, oh, a grammar checker or a spelling checker. It finds words that are spelled wrong and it puts a red squiggle under them. And when I right-click them, it finds words that it, are close to that and it offers them as suggestions. And that, But, I but think it, doesn't, our, it doesn't have, like, a, a purple pop-up that says, oh, it sounds like you're talking about the Herman Melville novel Moby Dick. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, that, it's working on a word by word, line by line, mostly. It's not, it's not looking, it's not trying to process all of this, you know, uh, in the same way that you would like try to crack the encryption on an ATM or like, yeah. you know, break the four digit code. Or, or some examples of like the mental model we have for search engines, the mental model we had when trying to use like Alta Vista, where it was like a bunch of words and a, a syntax versus the mental you had to model. Please, that, you had to really please the gods. Yeah. Right. The, the, the mental model for Google that I've, espoused of many years is just talk to it in complete sentences even though it seems yeah. like that's wrong the old I, model, I, I, the I forget old model, that i forget that at my peril yeah it's, the old model was like well if you do it in a complete sentence what if some uh un incidental word in your sentence isn't on the web page although you still <laughs> won't find it but google has works differently so you have to have a differential model sometimes yeah. and the reason i ask I, I ask another question about chat gpt that relates to the mental model people have because it affects how people use it it's not about like what is really going on it just it was like what mental model is most beneficial for you to get utility from it? And that's why I'm going to ask oh, this. Oh, okay. Right? All right. I right. think I think I understand. Okay. I, I, okay. But, keep but going. Let me ask you another question. Ah. Do you, do you think ChatGPT knows things? Um, not per se. Um, I think. I see. I, gosh, I wish I'd had more, been able to like prepare more intelligently for this. What do what do I th do? Do I think it knows things? So in the same way that I could go to an access database. And I, I feel like I have some friends. I have five entries in this access database. And somewhere in here is my friend's phone number in a field. I don't know the name of the field. I do know my friend's name. And But when I go to that database, I know that it has my friend's phone number in here somewhere. Is that what you mean by what it knows? Uh, you, you're talking about Descartes before. Um, yeah. Do you think uh, ChatGPT knows what a Descartes is? <laughs> um i hadn't thought of it that way but candidly i'm not trying to be clever but candidly i don't i think that's part of what makes it amazing and frustrating is that and then, and then the fact that the way it talks to you when it doesn't know something can be sort of silly sometimes mm -hmm. but no i don't i don't think it has a personal concept of that you could ask it basically one of the great things and especially now with these sort of prompts you can add to your profile it's almost like a dot profile or a you know dot a bash rc or whatever but you go in and say like my name is merlin i have these this family and blah 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 it knows that stuff but no i don't think it has any sense of that any more than an ice cream truck likes to eat ice cream and the follow-up to that obviously is that do you think it understands anything right does it does like, it under I'm not i mean again i hope i don't sound like i'm trying to be cute but like i don't think it does and that's that's why you need to be a little bit of a whisperer with that stuff I mean, I, I mentioned this book, I think probably four times a year now, but ha, the first book I never finished was with Danny O'Brien. We were going to write a book called Life Hacks because O'Reilly already had a series of different hacks. Life Hack, don't finish the book. Hmm. And Shower Curtain. But, um, but Paul PB wrote a wonderful book called Google Hacks that a lot of this stuff made for nerds might seem like table, sta table sticks now. If you know the advanced operators, if you know what dot dot means, 
if you know when to use minus, if you know, obviously, the hugest one, you guys, quotation marks and site colon are two things that you really, really need to know. It helps so much. Well, why does it, why is it helpful to know that? Well, side note, like, it's not like you have to become an expert at Google. I mean, like, somehow you figured out how to put gas in your car. Like, you don't just grab the nozzle and, like, and smash it through your windshield unless you're Casey, right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't do that because that's not where the gas thing goes. It goes here. And I don't understand how, I mean, I have a very extremely rudimentary idea of, like, how gas is made and then how that works in a gas combustion engine. But that's not my role. My role, if, if and I don't drive, but <laughs> an analogy is that I grab that nozzle thing and I know how to put in the thing. And then they say, like, don't walk away, don't use your phone, like, whatever. Or you watch, you know, Jimmy Kimmel on the monitor. But... In this instance, what what I do know is it's why I don't argue with Coke machines. Yeah, is <laughs> like this is a machine that does a thing, and it's a little bit of a black box, or at least a very dark gray box. And then I I don't know what it quote unquote knows, but I know it has the facility. If I can ask it what I want, a it has the so the way I've been describing this to people, and I'm, I'm done after this, is that I think the thing that's so interesting about ChatGPT, and this goes for lots of different things, but. So super good for ChatGPT, is the first thing is you go, I didn't know this was possible and I didn't know this was something I wanted or needed. And I can describe examples of that. And then you go like, oh, I can immediately see the usefulness in this for a lot of stuff that I do because of how I am, which again, I would like to return to. Actually talk about like what you do with this. Um, but I do feel like, and I'm <laughs> turning into Alex maybe, but I think it can teach you all a lot. And there's all kinds of things with technology and life where you learn that, like, I, I don't get to just have it my way all the time. I need to learn a little bit. Like you and the folks who were working on your painting your house, like you didn't just stand there and yell at them because, quote, they don't speak English. Well, that's not what you're trying to, what you're trying to accomplish is not making them feel bad because they don't, quote, speak English. I will just note as a side note, you also do not speak Spanish. So, you know, speaking through a translator again, but like you do, you learn how to interact with people. It's like uh, objects in the world are not stupid. They're just not human. And like, if you learn again, that, that vacation analogy of like learning what, what, what to do on vacation because of what the place is good at, same thing here. So number one, I didn't know this was possible. I didn't know I would want this. Number two, wow, I can immediately put this into use. Number three, I can learn from this thing. We can teach each other a little bit, but then the, the downside of four is, but I also honestly very quickly see the limitations such as they are now. Yeah, one of the things I think is interesting about ChatGPT, I think a lot of people share the same basic opinions that you just gave is that these things don't really know anything or understand anything, but they can do things that are useful. So people, their mental model is, I'm typing something. <laughs> but like to, the card catalog at your library when you were a kid, it didn't know how to read books. Yeah, well, these things you are just doing have, you more. You just need to know how to read the cards. Yeah, so this is that's kind of like a difference between like your example of an access database. Well, like there's a database and there's data into it, but then you as the person on the outside have to form a query that say, you know, select phone well, number. Well, you have to from, know the database exists. Yeah, select phone number from, from database where last name equals Smith and first name equals David, and then you get the phone number. And you did a lot of the work there. The database, quote unquote, knows that information, but it doesn't know. It's just a, a bucket no, of data. Ex and you, exactly and right. You formulated I mean, right a query. here. I've got a I've got a pint glass with seltzer and ice in it, and this the glass, unless it's way too hot, way, way too cold, or or contains a, a hydrogen bomb, it doesn't care what's in it. It's just here to be filled with water and used. I mean, that's very simple. But I think people. 
because I can't say this enough, John, people get so emotional about this. And I think especially understandably right now with the strikes, I think it's very understandable. And there's just this, this is like the new satanic nursery school for everybody. Like this is like just the stories about this stuff are bananas. Somebody must be eating with a spoon. And that's, that's a bummer because whether or not my seltzer is smart, I, I still really do like to have a glass. So obviously the difference between ChatGPT and the database is because of the way this mm-hmm. works, it gives you answers that look like they're coherent sentences in the language that you queried it in, often with personality and other things that you would attribute to, you know, not like an access database that just spits you back the phone number. Um, but given that you're approaching this, and I think a lot of other people are approaching this as, okay, but it doesn't know or understand anything. How do I ask a question of a thing that I don't believe knows or understands anything <laughs> in a way that it will give me what I consider to be a useful result, knowing that I can't, like like the Terminator, you can't be reasoned with or whatever. Like there's, you can't actually, if you believe that this thing doesn't know or understand anything, even though you can, of course, reply and say, oh, actually, I wanted the X instead of the Y, or no, that's the TV show, I meant the movie, blah, blah, blah. You can do all these things that you're trying to sort of like herd it towards what you want. But also, you believe that it has, it doesn't actually understand you or know anything. But you know, you need to give it more input to get to herd the output towards (laughs) what you want. And so it's this weird dance that I see a lot of people do. Some people, it's the easiest thing to do is just believe it's a little person, right? Lots of people just go that and they believe it's a little it's, person. It's who's, like a mechanical Turk. Yeah, a little person who's sometimes very, very dumb, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, right. But but the, but I think the more savvy people who have used it are more in your mindset is like, it doesn't actually know or understand anything, but I have to, it's like a, a, a shared pretend that we do because you know from experience that to get the results you want, you have to shove some words at it that'll get it to come back in the way that you want and and sometimes counterintuitive because like like i learned this with the image stuff i know we're not talking about that but one thing i learned with the image stuff is that there's a lot of stuff that's very paradoxical or contradictory like you think about you and i are used to that uh sort of like privation mentality of limited disk space and ram and all that kind of stuff and you learn like oh man this is an underpowered device so i'm not going to ask it to do a lot i'll just do simple things my queries are not going to be crazy i'm not going to have cron drops or whatever right but it's it is fun i learned this it took me a while but i really learned this with the image stuff specificity really helps the more specific you get i can't tell you whether you're going to like the results but i can tell you that like just going i learned very quickly uh, you know, give me a picture of George Santos at McDonald's. And so I learned, like, I say George Santos, congressman, and then I say with round glasses. And none of it was, was like perfect, but I enjoy the sport, the game, the, it's a little bit like a game, the whispering of, of talking to that thing and trying to figure out what I think I want. I'll leave this aside for now because it's out of scope of this conversation. But the other part that almost no one I imagine is going to accept is like, hey, what if you ask a really dumb question and a question you didn't know was dumb? Uh, or like for that matter, like what if you just so utterly, you're so utterly and curious about how this works that you get very quickly frustrated that the Coke machine is not giving you relationship advice? Well, what you learn is like you're going to learn a little bit about how to get the best results. And if you're like me, you'll go and you'll run that query four times just to see how for the prompt four times just to see the different versions it comes up with because they are different every time. But, you know, it's, I don't know. It's I, I kind of hate always talking about all the emotional stuff because it's just a bummer that it has that has to be the 
the focus of all of this discussion, but continue. Yeah. I mean, I, for, for obvious reasons, because it is different in nature and people get caught up with it and because it does have the utility that it potentially has. But here, here's the, the thing. I, I use it a lot too. I use it in different contexts than you. I'd love to hear um, about that. I'm you. I'm sure you've heard about programmers using it and all the all like the code completion stuff. With the like code Microsoft completion stuff Copilot. is nuts, and the GPT four co- code. Um, yeah, Copilot, GitHub Copilot, or whatever it is. The yeah, I want to learn about that, but I don't know how to. Yeah, do it. so obviously, I'm if I'm doing programming, so like I'm faced with uh, programming problems all the time. Um, I don't remember some API, or I'm faced with a situation. I'm like, I'm sure there's a way to do this. Mm-hmm. What's the best way to make a tooltip pop up on this type of control and this? framework on this platform, blah, 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 blah. And there's the reference documentation and there's people's articles and blog posts. And the old way to do it is you would Google, maybe you get a stack overflow result, which is more refined. Sometimes you just get a Google result. Sometimes you can, you know, the old way was you, you just, you search the web, uh, for, for answers to your question. And maybe mm-hmm. the web would leave you just stack overflow. Then you could search stack overflow specifically, or you could find like a, the Apple support forums. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, now there's a new tool in the tool chest, which is also, uh, you know, you search the web form, search Stack Overflow, you did a Google search, try asking one of these chat things. Um, and they, for the most part, they behave kind of like they have access to all the same information that Google does, right? Yes. They, they have access to Stack Overflow. I don't know if that's true, but my conceptual no, no, I model you, is... I, I, I know what you mean. Well, one thing is with Google, I, I remember back in the days when I would think a lot about things like PageRank because that was my job and SEO and stuff like that. I mean hopefully white hat seo but yes like that it's important there's a reason people do that stuff and you learn that there there is a sense to this and think about adwords campaigns on google and how you fiddle with that and try these different kinds of things and it's like i almost wonder if some people just are are i'll use that word again because it's 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 a condition that really bugs me in curiosity like do you just not care about this that's cool but like have you actually seen what you can do with this it's sort of nuts and what i'm doing in some ways is just glorified google a lot of the time yeah i think i think a lot of people get hung up with the idea that with these chatbots i can ask it a thing and i can ask it to just write me the code right because they're like oh my god it's writing the code for you like rather than just me like looking up a stack overall question where it's like oh if you want a tooltip there you you call this api and they'll link to the reference documentation but remember to do x y and z and people go back and forth right and and sometimes there'll be sample code in the stack overflow thing too but like the chat gb thing you can say Write me some Swift code to do X, Y, and Z. And then it spits out code. I've done this. There was a YouTube video from a, a very excitable man a few months ago that really got me ex- interested in this. And it was this guy freaking out about what you're just describing, which is he'd basically ask it for, I forget what, but it was something along the lines, like he wanted some kind of like spackle code to do this with that. And like, I've done this with command line stuff. I've done this with a whole bunch of stuff, but you know what? First principles, Clarice, just start with, I mean, something like write me, write me a, um, a Python script for, uh, you know, downloading this thing from that thing or whatever. You can get more specific about it, but like, it's pretty wild that it will just give that to you. You run it three or four times and they're pretty similar and they often just work. And the, the way I conceptualize it when I'm doing those things is I'm thinking of it during that mode. I'm thinking of it as just another search engine. Right. And it's a weird search engine because rather than giving me a link to a Stack Overflow page that contains a a discussion and some code or a link to like someone's GitHub repo or whatever, where they have a comment on a commit thing or whatever. Instead, it cuts out kind of the the middle layer there and says, you know what? I just 
I can I can just generate the code for you right here. You don't have to go to a web page and read a bunch of forum entries and read the reference documentation. I've already done that. I've <laughs> well, read and all, all that. the times you've talked about the person who thinks they fixed a problem and then runs around to three or four different fora to tell people yeah, I solved yeah. this problem. And then there's always the inevitable perhaps post where they're like, oh no, actually that was totally mm-hmm. wrong. And and so so I'm using it. I'm using it as basically uh, you know, a third, fourth, and fifth search engine because I'm I'm doing Google Bard. I mean, is, is, I'm does it feel GPT. a little bit like a version of pair programming? A little bit? No, because here here's the thing, it, and this is why this is the one of the things that I use these chat things for mostly because I'm spending a lot of time programming or whatever. I think these things for me have the most utility when I can I, can, I say ask it a question when I can run a query and get a result, and I have to be able to know whether that result is right. Because yes. the thing I'm asking has no freaking idea whether it's right. Right? No, I absolutely. But the yeah. good thing about code is you can run it. And it's <laughs> true of the code that I write myself. The code that I write myself, I have to run it to make sure it's right. That's the act of programming. You don't write it and just like, done, I'll never look at that again. No, you run it. And well, you're like, well, oh, when I, I first mistake. heard about, oh, again, mistake. for probably the fifth time, I'm going to mention Andy Bayo. I think I should marry him. When he, I first learned about, so earlier you used that phrase, mechanical Turk. You know, you can look it up. It's the idea that, like, we figured out how to, like, you know, have this robot that you play chess with. And you find out that it's actually a very small person who's good at chess inside the box, right? Something Andy said that I thought was so fascinating. Amazon has a service called Mechanical Turk where you can farm out work. Maybe it's like Fiverr kind of now. But, like, it was a really interesting idea at the time where for a price you set, you say to somebody, please enter in all of this data and then do that. And the thing I learned from that that I still think about a lot is you should hire two people. You hire one person to do the job and then a second person to check the job and let them know that your impression of how well they did will be better if they can find actual errors in, in what had happened. So, I mean, there are ways that you can iterate this in ways that are are you can get kind of silly, but there are ways to say, like, for example, one thing I, I did, uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting over ahead of myself. I hate that we're not talking about what you do with this. Where I, I, like, I like saying a thing of like, okay, take this, take this Squeeze album, find music videos on YouTube. And it's like, that eventually I refine that to, you know, g- go and do this thing and put these in order. And then I can tell it how to format it just by typing what I want it to look like, format it like this. <laughs> it does it right um but then the, the last mile that broke is that the youtube links were always wrong even with 4.0 plugins that say I, I don't know if it's coming from a different but basically every youtube link was dead i haven't gone back to that that's the kind of thing i'm talking about though now think about that and then think about the shake and bake of a kind of thing that you do four times a week being something that you now have a pretty good level of certainty and I'll give examples of this. I'd love to give examples of this. But this this can do stuff for you that your brain and fingers couldn't do in hours. And it'll do that in seconds. But I'm not going to ask it for relationship advice. Yeah. So the, the me using it for programming stuff uh, lets me know just how often I get essentially a bad search result where it will produce code that because you have expertise about knowing well, no, because whether. you run because you run code and when you run it that's the ultimate oh, proof see. did yeah. it do, does it work does it compile very you're often the, the code, mechanical Turk yeah, yeah very often the code just doesn't compile right mm-hmm. uh, or they it made up an API that doesn't exist right like and that's not super useful but the, the this is for me personally I find the most utility when I have a concrete way to check its work. Right. And code is a concrete way because you run it. Right. Mm-hmm. That's it. You check yeah. your own work that way. You check these AI things where, you know, so if you ask, hey, what's the API for doing X, Y and Z? And it says, oh, I think it's this. If you paste that into your uh, program and try to run it and it says there's no function called that. It 
did a bad yeah. job. Right. Yes. Yes, um, yes, and yes. you can always uh, check and I, it. I just want to clarify if that I understand this and I wonder if other folks do. So what you're saying is that is a, a an example of this is not an emotional thing. Like it's not giving me relationship advice. It's writing me some middleware for getting between these two apps and setting and knocking its way around or whatever, purling, regexing its way around. And there's a zero and a one here. It either does what I wanted and it works or it doesn't do what I wanted and it doesn't, which is not true for relationship advice. Right. But it's also, here's the other thing. So that sometimes there, there are other things that are not programming where that is true. Your thing with making the, finding, find me all the YouTube videos and make me play with this and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know whether that worked because can you watch the videos? Yeah. Do they have the bands? If I click on the link and it says this video is not available for every single one of them, something's not working. Or if you say like, give me a playlist of all the best Tom Petty songs or whatever, and they're not Tom Petty songs, you can tell if it's Tom Petty or not. Like you can check its work. Right. And does it like think, you know, a cover of even the losers by somebody else is a Tom Petty. Like there's all that kind of stuff. And it's actually quite good at stuff. And and the thing where it says, oh, the best Tom Petty songs. And you may disagree as an AI model. You may, you may disagree about the songs that it picked to be the best, but at the very least you can say, did you find me a video? Are there videos I can watch? Do they actually have Tom Petty in them? Right. That's another. Can I just add something here? Like what I want to, I would love to get to like without being here all night. I would like to say like, the things that I, I want to just stipulate that the stuff that I'm using this for, I am not making a case for being this, this being something that anybody else would use. I don't care, but I have use cases. I have a use case for call sheet, which is I'm forever going, who's that guy? And a lot of my stuff is kind of adjacent to, to who's that guy and, or, you know, that guy from the thing or whatever. So, I mean, I, I, but I, I do, I do know what you're saying and I do, I have, you and I, we've talked about this five episodes ago, probably, about being the sort of person who checks. Not because of OCD, but being the sort of person who checks. I think I remember what that fact was, but I really want to check it. How long, how long is the Golden Gate Bridge? Well, yeah. All right, so, this, so this brings me to the use case where I think these things are not useful. Mm-hmm. Or not, not very useful at all. And in fact, they're kind of an attractive nuisance. The checking. Um, I think the capital of Alabama is Mobile. Let me ask ChatGPT just to double check. Hey, ChatGPT, what's the capital of Alabama? Oh, it says it's Mobile, right? Um, <laughs> Mountain Dew. But does ChatGPT actually know anything? We don't right. think it does. It has the same level of confidence within normal parameters. It has the same level of confidence about every answer it gives, which is like, this is the answer I have for you. Yeah, and and it's and because ChatGPT is not I'm not gonna say not deterministic because it is, but there is there is variability that is unseen and uncontrolled by you in terms of what answer you get. Like you could phrase the question about what the capital of Alabama is a hundred different ways. Hopefully you get the same answer every time, but as you make the question more complicated than that one, you're not sure. So here's the thing. If I'm trying to check a fact, I know these large language models don't actually know what is a fact and what isn't. They have mm-hmm. no freaking idea. Like they don't have any understanding of anything. I know that for something like the capital of Alabama, I'm probably getting the right answer because let's be honest, there's lots of things in the world that are saying that are leaning, that are teaching this thing, teaching this language model that this is what the capital of Alabama is, right? Mm -hmm. But if it was a little bit more complicated than that, or even if it wasn't, I would want to check that fact in some place that I have slightly more confidence in, right? 
What if I do a Google search and Google does that thing where it puts up the answer? Well, at least, at least do some spot checking, right? Sometimes those are wrong too. Wikipedia. You can write anything you want on Wikipedia. There have been tons of stories where it's the thing where like someone checks Wikipedia and it's got a bogus fact, but then it gets into New York Times and then it gets circles back into Wikipedia and now they can cite the New York Times as proof that it right. was there. And, but- and another thing beyond the scope of this that is actually chilling is to think about what happens when this is learning from garbage data and then making but it, i mean it already data. is learning from garbage data right but mm-hmm. it, that's the thing with if you have something that doesn't have any understanding or any knowledge all you're kind of getting is what pops out of the soup and i find that extremely non-compelling as a way to check factual things can you give me an example that would make sense to me uh you know something as simple as like what year was mac pay 1.5 oh, oh okay all right I, I think i might have one actually i, I just re- remembered one that I, I posted as a, as a joke because not as a joke, but as I thought a funny thing, which, Oh God, what was it? Um, which something like which Billy Joel songs feature the sound of a motorcycle or car engine revving. Mm-hmm. Oh, you do these a lot with the song things. That's an, another great example where you ask it to like, Oh, give me all the songs that, that, that have a car revving in it that are Billy Joel well, like, songs. Well, like how, how many times did somebody get punched in the face on a TV show? Yeah. Yeah. And, I love and stuff like that. It's fun to get those answers, and it makes no, it a little those are almost you. always wrong, and right, it apologizes. But have, <laughs> right, but that's mostly for entertainment value. But if yes. I ever wanted to actually know, like the, the Mac Paint thing, that's obscure enough where you're like, okay, I could probably Google this, and if I Googled for it, I'd have to assess what I the trustworthiness of the pages. Well, or that, like, like that come what out did, when was uh, when was uh, the Lexicon of Love by ABC released? Such a straightforward question, right? Mm. Well, are you talking about an English version, a European version, American version? Are you talking about re-releases? Like, you know, it's almost like when you ask um, Marissa Tomei about the uh, about the automobile, and she says, no, I don't know the answer. I can't answer that, right? Because you've asked me a question that is like a not, right? There's no, right? Help me out. What does she say? on the comic i think she goes it's a trick question i don't remember and but they're like oh so we should extend in lane price or whatever is like oh so we should exclude her and she goes no because the transmission Mm -hmm. on this was that but if the rotation on this was that then that would be on this and like that's like a look of or a lexicon of love by abc a dumb trivial example but like yeah well it depends on which version you mean are you talking about like a remaster or whatever? So, I mean, it's going to do it because it's not, it doesn't want to, I think these who are, oh, God. This is one of the places where people trip up and even in the, the sort of popular culture talking about this, they'll say, you'll ask a question, something like the thing you just asked that is not as simple as what the capital of Alabama is, let's say, all right? And it will give you an answer. Boom. There's your answer, right? And when people see something like that, where they ask it a question that they think it should know the answer to, and it gives an answer that is totally wrong, they say, oh, this is like a hallucination. Have you heard that phrase being described? I don't like, think so. It's that they, they're, it's a hallucination. Like these oh, large you mean, language You mean models. like a, like a, like a, um, a, uh, sorry, I think I have long COVID. Like a, um, a Mandela effect? Uh, just a, a wrong answer that any human looks at and thinks that like, if it says Billy Joel was the 47th president of the United States. You're like, well, that is wrong in all sorts mm. of ways. And they would <laughs> yeah. say, oh, this is, this is a hallucination. Occasionally these large language models from New have, York can't be president. Have, have hallucinations where they make up things that aren't true. Mm. Right. And yeah. I think that is mostly a, 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 a sort of not unexpected, but like unplanned deviation from the previous mental model because people are like oh it doesn't know or understand things but when it gives me the wrong answer it's a hallucination here's the thing 
those wrong answers that say Billy Joel was the 47th president of the United States are no more hallucinations than every other answer it gives you. They're not distinguishable. We think they're distinguishable because we think one is well, ridiculous. It's, it's not and like one it's going to be Leonardo DiCaprio spinning a top. It, it doesn't know if it's in a tree. Right. right. All the answers it gives are of that same exact quality. What is the quality, most reasonable right? like, next word? And that's going to be based on the data that it's got and the way that it quote unquote thinks. Right. You're right. And, and we're measuring it against what we think the answer already is or what we can confirm with other sources. But as far as it's concerned, that result of its machinations of running its model are exactly as valid as every other one because it has no idea. You know, see the ones where you ever see it do math like what's two plus two and they say five or like, oh, this thing is so dumb. It doesn't know what numbers are. It doesn't know what math is. <laughs> that's that's just as valid as every other answer well, you're like, getting. Like what if you what if you said like, you know, one reason I one of the many numerous things I love about the Tim Robinson show, I think you should leave is the way that things are worded. He's they write stuff. I, it seems improvised. But like, I can't want to know any more about tables is such a funny line or the farts isn't a problem anymore. These are such funny lines that are grammatically incorrect. If I said the little girl who smokes five Macanudos today be- a day because it's a good way to unwind and she's over 60 LB so she can have a Tammy crap style. What, what does she say uh, about the guy who used to fart in the doll heads? And ChatGPT, if it was on its game, I could try to have it right here, would say uh, the farts isn't a problem anymore. Now, somebody might read that. I'm, I'm not, I hope this isn't a straw man, but people might read that and go, well, that's not grammatically correct. And like, no, it was never grammatically correct. Plus on top of it all, like, what if we bring memes into this? What if we bring in, like, what is the most reasonable thing to say about this? It doesn't have a sense of page rank, I don't think, the way that Google did in 2002 or three, right? It's, it doesn't know that it doesn't know. All it's doing is telling you what we have. It's like saying, go in the kitchen and get me something. And they bring you like a plate of trash. You're like, well, I did follow your directions. I did go in the kitchen. Well, this time bring me something else. And then, so they bring you a chef's knife and you're like, oh, computer, you're so dumb. Yeah. So here's, here's the flip side of that. And I'll try to, uh, do I get to give a fun example at some point? You will after I uh, wrap up what I wanted to say about this particular aspect. It's very dry, John. Very dry. Um, I've talked about this on other programs before. Everything I just said about it, these things, not knowing anything, not understanding anything, how they have to do stuff, how their their answers are all equivalent as far as they're concerned. And we apply judgments to them about whether they this one shows they know something, this one shows they don't, and in the end, they don't know anything at all. The other part of that is the way our brains work. Mm-hmm. Everyone who has studied our brains and studied like some small, tiny corner of the brain to try to figure out how it works uh, at, at length, some you know minute, minute detail they spend their entire life's work trying to figure out, right? Obviously, the human brain is way more complicated than these large language models, however you want to slice it. If you count mm-hmm. up the number number of n- actual neurons we have versus the number of, quote unquote, artificial neurons that we program into these things that work kind of like how we think neurons work. Right. It's just it's a huge scale. Right. But what we know about our brain and our bodies in general is that like the subsystems of the brain, tiny little corners of the brain. Mm-hmm could potentially like a lot of these large language models are modeled (laughs) after how we think the brain works at a very small level at a very micro level like the actual artificial neurons that kind of sort of that was always the controlling metaphor for computers for so many years like they give it as an electronic brain it's like well sure but really yeah but they do like software modeling of kind of like how neurons work but we don't actually understand how the neurons are arranged or whatever so people study Uh that and uh like okay uh well we can get this emergent behavior that might be kind of like how our vision system works, like in this cockroach or whatever. And so we'll write a program that works kind of like the visual system. And it's kind of like a game of telephone where you're like, well, it's our best guess. And uh, in the end, it kind of gets the job done and we can like, you know, recognize numerals and like the basic neural network type stuff or whatever. Right. But it's, it's obviously lower complexity. Right. But because at the micro level that 
we can do useful things. We're like, we must be on the right track here, kind of. So this large language model is just that kind of stuff, but like way bigger scale, but still a fraction of the scale that it is in the corner of the brain. But they're like, but yeah, but my brain doesn't work like that. Like, I know stuff. Like, I know things. I mm. understand stuff. I'm not like people I'm, said. I'm not a model. Like, yeah, this is all stuff. Yeah, I'm not like people said. I'm smart, you I'm know. smart, like, yeah. I'm yeah, stepped yeah, over. Exactly, right? <laughs> but we think that's how our brains work. But th- but our understanding of the brains is mostly that that is probably an emergent result of lots of... Do you remember of, mental models or something your brain made up to understand the mental model yeah, yeah. of the brain that doesn't exist? Yeah, lots of these, lots of systems, you know, for all we know, there are systems in our brain that work just like large language models and that are just as quote-unquote dumb and don't understand anything, but we have so many of them and they're so complicated and they're so inter- interconnected that that mm-hmm. provides the thing that we feel like is intelligence. And this is part of all this, this high, much going the other direction, the higher level studies that are like, People don't actually make decisions. They just do things, then post-rationalize, right? Like that, oh, uh, no, sense that's the CGP Gray video on the UR, UR, what is it, UR2? UR2 is the split hemisphere thing, but there's also the whole well, post-rationalization. It's a similar thing, but like the, the beautiful part of that video, spoilers, is that your, your brain is doing stuff that when you learn what your brain is doing is going to seem crazy and paradoxical, but that's interesting. But what makes it really fun is that on top of it, your brain on its own comes up with a reason to explain why it's doing what or, it's doing. Or at least that's a one, one, we have various ideas and reckons and models of yeah, our own brain. Right, right, so we right. don't understand. Yeah. But anyway, the the, the the sort of the proof of this is like, well, we, we can do useful things with it. We can make neural networks that recognize images and we can make these large language models. So we think we might be kind of on the right track here, but obviously it's a different scale. Right. But here's, here's the other thing that I always think about. When we tried to make things that fly, I've talked about this on ATP, we People tried to make things with flapping wings because we see things that fly. They're birds. Why don't we do that? But bigger. Mm-hmm. And people yeah, made on the wrong all... track. Make it more like a fly. Yeah. And or, people you know, made, or people like, tried you know, to make things with, with a, a sparrow wings. instead of a hawk or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, well, you're I see why you're doing that. But it's really hard to make flappy wings that work. And, but they sure tried. Boy, did they try. I love, uh, those, I love those old movies. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's it, one it, of them, it makes... that plane. It's got like like a it's like a Fokker, but it's got like 10 wings on it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, it makes some sense. Like if you if you if you've never built a machine that can fly and you see birds flying all around you, you're like, we should do that. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of trying to do the same thing with brains It's like, well, here's how our brains work. And if we can make a computer program that works kind of like our brains at a small level, then we could do things that our brains can do. And we've got some useful results out of that. Um, when we actually made flying machines, the wings don't flap. Um, but the thing thing about our flying machines is they're better than birds. They're huge. They're faster. Uh, like they, they mm-hmm. their performance characteristics outperform birds in a lot of aspects. Except for Not bird all. strikes. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, yeah, yeah. They're they're susceptible to birds, and there are birds that expend less energy to go longer distances. And we, you know, we're not. But the point is, we did a pretty good job with the whole flying thing. But the way we did it is not quite the same way that the birds do it. The birds still have <laughs> lots of advantages, but we've yeah. done pretty well with the flying. And we've kind of gone to the nth degree of like, yeah, no, super no flapping, just like fixed mm-hmm. wing. We have things called engines. It's just it's a different thing. But boy, you can do a lot of stuff with that. It's, you know, our flying stuff is pretty good. Right. So here we are making AI stuff. And I feel like it is possible that the way large language models work isn't actually how any part of our brain works. But it's like the fixed wing aircraft in that if we <laughs> pursue this path, we can get something that's a 747. Hmm. That is nothing like a bird in terms of the anything size, That's really maneuverability. Interesting. I, I don't know if I completely understand, but I think I understand what you're saying. Like, even though it doesn't solve the problem 
you thought you wanted to solve in the way you wanted to solve it, that doesn't mean it's not progress. Yeah. So the kind reason of? we're so interested in how the brain works is like, mm. yeah, but we don't, you know, with flying is like, once you're flying, you're done. Like, oh, we did it. We're flying. Right. Yeah. Whereas with large language models, like we're like, we know this is not, we're going to pull out the three letter acronym, which is what I used to think of as just AI. But now AI has been stomped on, as we pointed out. Uh, AGI, you know what AGI is? Mm-mm. Artificial general intelligence. That's the, what I used to think of oh, as AI. That's the, that's the big one, right? That's where actually something that, has that's some like kind the of Ray intelligence. Wild one, right? And, you, and it can actually learn things mm-hmm. or whatever. Because that's that was always my dream as a kid. It's like, <laughs> look, if you can get an AI that's as dumb as a baby uh, and can learn, you've won. My, my son, just my son who works at the zoo, um, we, we went to the Walgreens last night. By the way, if you haven't seen it, please see the video. We took the Walgreens. Um, it's extremely good. And it's on, it. I, it's on Ivory. Isn't that a cool kid? I'm surprised you weren't arrested. I, I was too. Um, but, you know, he works at the zoo for his job and he was giving me facts. Do you know an orangutan is approximately, uh, has approximately the intelligence of a nine-year-old? There's some pretty smart nine-year-olds. Well, that, that's the tricky thing about uh, about the, you know, monkeys and stuff like that, or uh, orangutans and all that. Like, Apes, yeah. They, they, they start off with some amount of intelligence and they can learn, but up to a point. But again, we're back to the normal parameters part. I bet as, as, as hominid apes go... I guess they're all hominids and they're all apes. But anyway, as like orangutans go, like you know, pound for pound in the jungle, they're they're pretty smart by comparison. Right. Well, but but they can't. None of them are ever going to be as smart as humans. They don't know right? anything about Doctor Who. Right. No yeah. matter how much you teach them. Right. So the artificial mm-hmm, intelligence mm-hmm. thing for my kids, like, okay, if you could get a baby computer that that could learn something, we could just keep teaching it. And unlike the orangutan, anytime it sort of ran out of room to learn more stuff, we would get a bigger computer and we <laughs> could teach I used it more. Too many babies. Right. And we could get, you know, and th- that was kind of the dream. But, you know, the, the thing about it is we assumed uh, the, the assumption of the AI dream is like, OK, you can teach it things and but it'll it'll still be really good at the things computers are good at. Like people forget stuff, but computers, if they're functioning correctly, don't. If it goes in memory, if the memory isn't broken, you can get it right out of memory at any time in the future right. perfectly. Right. 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 And that's not how our brains work, but that it's is how computers work. So the dream was, OK, we're going to get a computer brain and it's going to learn like our brain but also never forget anything and do perfect math like computer brains. <laughs> this is like when somebody tries to explain monural recording to me, and I'm like, why, does the, why do you have to put microphones in the ear of a mannequin to do it? And they're like, well, because that's what your ears are like. And I'm always like, mm, isn't it just really stereo? No, it's a completely different experience. It is, it is different. It is different. But, but anyway, mm-hmm. it, it, it's right. trying to get the best of both worlds. And obviously that didn't work out, right? So now we have these large language models. and Binaural. They, they, yeah. They, they might be doing things the way some part of our brain does, but they might not be. But the thing is, we know how to scale what it is they're doing. So are they going to mm-hmm. become the 747 where it doesn't work like a bird, but it does a really useful thing for us and we can do it better and better and better. We start off with a biplane, then we get a jet, then we get a 747. And, then, are you, you talking know, about AGI here? Yeah, I'm just talking about like <laughs> In the, future. Uh, the, the, the path of like pursuing something that seems to be doing something useful for us and mm-hmm. pursuing that path. Like the same way we pursued fixed wing aircraft. That turned out to be a fruitful path, even though it is nothing like how birds fly. That's a very interesting analogy. And so I'm not sure what large language models are. Is there some part of our brain that works like large language models? In which case, what we've made is a tiny corner, tiny, somewhat useful corner of a brain that is like, you know, a billion, billion times more complicated than that. But hey, we found a useful thing. Or is it a fixed wing aircraft that is nothing like our brains? But if we if we crank the dial on it and keep working at it, it will be so incredibly useful that we'll be flying coast to coast and we won't care that it doesn't work like bird's wings do. Mm-hmm. And I don't know yet about that, but that's the thing I'm most interested about in this large language models is that it is work derived from our attempt to understand our own brains. 
but mm. may actually be nothing like anything in our right, brain. Right, right, There's that wonderful phrase. Still be useful. The, the map is, yeah, the map is not the territory. Mm-hmm. I mean, just because it's not the territory doesn't mean it's not useful. Yeah. Even if it's wrong, we might still end up discovering America. Yeah. Right? Or, or it might not be a 747, and it might just be a... Uh, like that floppy like, one looks like a beach umbrella that goes up and down. I always like that one. Shaka, <laughs> it, it, shaka, shaka. It might just be like the world's most, the world's worst search engine where you can't trust anything that it tells you and you have to verify it with something else. And it's like, that's still useful <laughs> and fun, but that's uh-huh. kind of what it is now. It's like, I don't, I don't trust this thing at all. I have to be able to check it. And it's like, well, thank God there's still places I can check it. Right, right, right <laughs> but right. and with code, you and, can but check it. But just because a Coke machine is not good at giving you relationship advice, is no assurance that a person will be. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, if, there's levels of trustworthiness in everything. Do you trust Wikipedia? Do you trust Google results? How do you, when you get a Google results, when you get a Stack Overflow result, most people write. Do you have to look at the comments? Yeah, it's like, it's like half half of America thinks the last election was stolen, and the other not half, but I don't care. The other Slightly half less. of America, <laughs> huh? Slightly less than half. Mm, but then, I mean, but then there's other people over here who are so like, like I don't know if you did you listen to Roderick this week? I did. Okay. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts? Uh, what was this one about? This was the. Uh, this was the. This was not the degenerate video games one. This no. was the creating AI. AI creating low culture for oh, degenerates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. No, that, that, yeah, yeah. So that's that's an example of where where the checking checking whether it worked or not is mm-hmm. as simple as as giving it to someone and saying. I returned no. I did. I did nothing to to get him back on track. Mostly. I, I thought that was fine, but it's like, but here's mm. the here's the thing with checking. You show it to anybody, somebody, you know, and it's you like know, anybody can write a sitcom, including uh, a computer. Well, I mean, you can certainly try it, but the checking well, yeah, of that you is, can. But you know, there's also bad TV shows. Yeah, you you would show them to somebody and say, "Do you like this?" And they'd be like, "No, I, it's crap. Yeah. I don't like it." That, Man, that's Steve your check. Jobs wouldn't do that. He would give people something and tell them why they like it. Yeah. So I, anyway, I, I'm I'm fascinated I would lo- by just so you know I would love I would love to talk more about this. I know it's not particularly interesting, but. Um, when I say I've thought about this a lot, I don't mean I've given this a lot of careful academic thought. I mean that like in my, sometimes when I'm having idle time, my brain does think about this stuff and I, I'm very intrigued and I keep a running list of prompts. Like if, if I'm not at the thing right now, I would like to use it. And mainly part of it is just, it's just the bumpiness of going to this janky ass website where, you know, it's frustrating sometimes as a plugin stuff has been Mostly disappointing, but it's kind of a bummer that you've got to commit to zero to three plugins for this thread, and then you have to go start a new thread. You can't like add, you know what I mean? You can't just bring in another one, and that, that all gets. Yeah, I well, do think about it a lot, though, and I'm really fascinated by it, and I would love to find out more about what you really think about it. Yeah, I, I think like the the frustrations you have with the plugins and trying to get ChatGPT to do what you want, like it argues for furthering down the 747 path of like, just, you know, no, i'm sorry just 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 to be clear not not that i demand this answer but more of i want there's like five plugins that would be so useful to use together i'd like to i mean blue sky i would love to be able to prioritize you know a, a cascade like a CSS cascade of which one I, I want to win or which one i want to do this kind of quote unquote thinking you know what I mean? Like, like I, I mean, there's no way to control that at all. And if you've got a thread that's really humming and you didn't pick the right plugin to start, you got to just go start over, which is very frustrating. Yeah. I, I think what you need in, uh, in that regard is this tiny little functional block that we've got here in this large language model. It needs some helper functional blocks. Well, like it has, with, it, it does itself. to an extent, it to, you know, have you seen the thing where you can go in and tell it how you want it to work? 
Yeah, but like, but I'm, what I'm saying is that we're you're attacking it from the outside because it's the only thing you can do. You don't control the large language model, <laughs> mm, right? Yeah, but the large yeah. language model itself, it already has lots of sub pieces in it that do specific jobs. App, it needs, there's got to be. It, yeah. it needs some more. Like, for example, I don't. This is not. A, I don't know enough about this to know if this is a plausible thing. But uh, something that uh, its sole job was to uh, try to verify factual things and check the validity of them. And that's all it does. Or or to ask it for, uh, I've tried to trick it into being smart. But when it says things like, I was like you know, what's what's the best 1970s Stanley Kubrick movie? And of course it goes blah, blah, blah as an AI model, whatever. But like I, I've, and I guess this is the way you can get it to tell you how to make a pipe bomb or whatever, because you're, you're funny. Like, no, but, but then I could be like, is there any critical consensus about what the best 1970s Stanley Kubrick was? Like even that's something that general and I can get a lot and I have gotten a but, lot. But then more it's going it, to, then, then the list is going to contain the movie AI. And that's where I feel like you need the, the augmentation the of another part of this that is like a large language model, but has a different task. And its yeah. task is, is to look at that yeah, and say, AI, like, uh, do I know yeah. anything about this? Do I understand what a movie is? Can I, do I have a, a, a an authoritative well, like, if, list? If I bought two pounds of cilantro and, and brought it to my family, they'd go like, what are you doing? This is not dinner. Dinner is not cilantro. Like there's different things that do different things. And as I become fond of saying, everything is not everything. And so like learning what this, and God damn it, John, we've been talking for an hour and a half and I still haven't gotten to give you any of my good examples. This is very dry. Not dry. This is the, a little the, dry. Wettest, the, the, the wettest of wetware we have here. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I think you, the, the existing models could be augmented by other little toy models that help them out. If you try to do it from the outside with plugins and everything, you're just spackling over the crap that you're getting back. Have you ever I seen really what's think... in there in, in draw things where there's pull down menus for like little sub models? My favorite being Spider-Man, the universe one where it'll, it's been trained. There's one that's been trained on Studio Ghibli. There's one that's been trained on Pixar stuff. There's another that's been trained on... Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like I went in and asked it to do like a bunch of George Santos based on you Ghibli just, movies. You just and it was hilarious. You gotta stop saying Ghibli. You gotta stop. But that's how it's it. pronounced. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> they opened a park now. It's mostly at gardens. Yeah, G G like, Ghibli is what you get in a turkey. Yeah, I mean, so this is the this is the tension between expert systems versus AI oh, versus whatever. And I feel like mm -hmm. I feel like I'll a little bit of expert. Not let me system. give my great example. I will let you give it in a second. Let me just finish. I want to go to sleep. Go ahead. Okay. All right. I haven't eaten, and my computer broke today. Do you know what expert systems are? Do you remember that from the eighties? It was like an AI thing, and what they would say is like, if we just teach the AI a bunch of facts, it will know them, and then it can synthesize those facts into answers for us. So, for example, it's like let's teach the AI system all the movies and the dates they were released. Like, we'll we'll say this is an authoritative source of data. Like, you don't have to guess, you don't have to process it, you don't have to figure anything out. This is it. These are the movies, these are the titles, these are the dates they release. So then when someone asks the large language model, uh, give me the list of all the Kubrick movies from the 70s and you list AI, you're going to say, A, that wasn't a Kubrick movie, and that B, wasn't definitely wasn't in the 70s, yeah, right? right? And so you would use that to refine your answer and say, nah, like, I know you came up with that and I can see how you arrived well, at And that like, I would happily trade all those apologies for actually learning from me. Like, learning, right. learning that the whole reason I came here was, I know there's a, there's a vroom vroom on, well, the famous one, I guess, is, it's a, uh, no, what's, what's the one from the record I like? There's the one from uh, the uh, moving out. Moving out is the is the Corvette, and mm -hmm. then uh, maybe, maybe maybe right has a motorcycle on it yeah, after the maybe. little breakdown. <laughs> it's like, 
And then I was, but I don't know. Did you see that one where I was like talking about the bass player's Corvette and stuff like that? And it goes, yes, actually, that was the. Mm-hmm. And it's like, dude, you didn't know that. You're come on, you, you bust you, in you, and you were wrong. You, sho- you you shoved in enough info for that uh, to pop out, but but yeah, the expert systems ended up being oh, basically sorry, a yeah. dead end because you can't. Well, do- what is it? What is it? Expert. So it's like so it's it's like an Ask Jeeves style approach of it like was, it was an attempt to gain artificial intelligence by giving computers tons and tons of facts. And it, it did not work out as what, well as what, people What made wanted. it, um, what about it, what about the approach in theory even made it different from standard data modeling and munging? Uh, I mean, it was, they're, they're going for AGI, right? They're going for like a thing that's like a thinking oh, intelligent big swing. thing. Yeah, okay. Right? And so they're like, well, if we just teach it all the facts in the world um, and then give it a little bit of smarts synthesize. Uh, boom, super smart. Because wouldn't it be great if we as humans knew all this info? Like, mm-hmm. if we, if this we is why we need to fingers? model a baby brain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the other pro- large language model is a totally different approach. But I feel like large language models could be, uh, they're doing a lot of the heavy lifting here. But if they had a sprinkle of expert system uh, for a specific purpose, hmm. you could get a much better Merlin machine, which would actually give <laughs> you the list of the songs with the revving engines in them. And it would know that they're right because it would have authoritative information about who Billy Joel is, when mm-hmm. he lived, what all his songs were. So, so to, in some sense, for, for domain information, I guess I'm just repeating what you said, but I, I don't really understand. Um, for whatever your domain of information is, let's say here, you know, music, ugh, rock music, um, that there was the expert system part of it is where, how does that fit into like knowing whether there's more Billy Joel songs with motorcycles and... It would, it would be in a refined... The large language model gets around all the crap the uh, expert systems are bad at. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't know anything, but I can give you an answer. And the answer huh. is looks plausible, doesn't it? And sometimes yeah. it's even right. But then the expert system was like, hey, let's just do a double check. Doing like It's basically having the system do what we do, which is like, let me just look down this list and see if these movies, oh, that one's not from the 70s. I know that because I know the Kubrick movies and I remember when he died and he didn't even direct that Spielberg did or whatever. We're doing that for it, right? But mm-hmm. if it had a little sprinkling of expert system in there, it could do that for us on the way out and hmm. not put AI in the list. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's and it's me thinking about like the either the 747 approach or the idea that this is if even if this is anything like our brains, it's like one tiny little corner of one tiny little billionth of a subsystem, and you have to add more to it to make it better. And I'm saying some of the things we can add are things like computers, the fixed wing seven forty seven, where it's just got a list of all the movies and the dates, and that's authoritative. And if that's wrong, we can fix it and correct it and make the thing smarter. Right. But if it's right, it doesn't have to do any large language model thinking to pull that out. And combine that. And it seems like, like over time that would make it within that domain, that would give it more credibility with people. Yeah, because then you maybe you'd, like, you like say you made it for one of yourself systems. that an expert would use that and see like this is giving yeah. me better so answers. than You could one. make a large language model tailored for music knowledge. Yes. That all it knows about is music. But you can ask it intelligent questions and you can trust the answers it gets because its large language model BS is backed also by a verification against a database of knowledge that you mostly trust. And if there's an error in that database of knowledge, you can fix it, fix it in IMDb, fix it in Wikipedia or whatever, rerun the model and have it something trustworthy. Because right now you do that and it's fun, but you're like, but I've got to now I've got to check every single one of these things. Did this song have a revving engine? In? Is this even by Billy Joel? Is it in the year I thought? Well, I mean, uh, there's there's, there's uses for this where I think, and I, I I'm not at all like trying to cast an aspersion here, but like I could see somebody saying like like remember when I don't know when we were kids, there's so much concern about poisons because a lot of kids would like drink something under the sink and get sick. This is all before Mister Yuck, but you know. <laughs> 
title. But, but you know, there's that whole thing of like, okay, something just happened. I'm pretty sure, I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure my little kid drank a poison or the, mm. or like potential poison. I don't know how much poison, I don't remember how much was in that bottle. I think my kid drank this much. I think it was that long ago. So you're already beginning with this crazy speculation. And then you remember the whole thing of like, do you or don't you induce vomiting? Because in some cases, inducing vomiting actually, you know, makes it worse and stuff like that. I mean, I, I understand the concern of like walking up to some information kiosk with a sick kid and going like, should I make my kid throw up from eating poison? And it's like, well, that's a complicated answer. Uh, that's why you have the po- poison control hotline. And that's why you get the, uh, what's it called? Expert grooming? Uh, expert system. Okay. Yeah. That'll work too. All right, fine. Can I do one? Just one. Yes. There's so many. I can't believe it. it's been so long. I didn't give me uh, now I'm just, just I'm tired. sure we can talk about this topic more, but yes, please give one of your examples. My opening statement is that I'm sharing this with y'all because I had been loving this for a, oh, a couple of weeks when I first started fashioning queries like this. Yeah. And initially I really did start with stuff like you've seen me make, I make playlists on YouTube all the time or Spotify or whatever. Yes, there are plugins and kind of sort of work for that, but it's already their little marketplace is just so full of BS. It's hard to know what's what, but um, but I've done stuff like say, like I say, go, go find, um, go find all the official videos for sweets from a stranger by squeeze. And, and I even like, I, I was ahead of the curve a little bit on the custom part. Cause I created the shake and bake query where I could say things like prefer, and it should be able to figure this out in my head, uh, prefer the either the YouTube channels that are either from the label or the band look for HQ. And then I, you know, verify that the video worked and all that stuff. And so I, I'd spent a lot of time because of trying to get those things right. Why would I do that? Well, first of all, I'm a curious person. Sorry. <laughs> I love stuff like that. I love, I don't like games. I don't like that kind of thing, but like, boy, my mind can be really provoked into be doing something interesting because this is, it's like, it's almost like a, like a one-armed bandit. It just, Occasionally pays off a lot more than you expected. But here's this is the this is the this is the query. I, I was really bummed I could get not get more people excited about this prompt because it really to me showed the power of this. It's it's fairly short, but ready? Everybody listening? Mm-hmm. Make a markdown table of 20 actors who have appeared in at least one episode of both Doctor Who and Game of Thrones. New paragraph. The columns are actor, city of birth, Doctor Who character, Game of Thrones character, has this person played the Doctor, did this person die on Game of Thrones, and what was the name of their character in Harry Potter? Okay, so like, who would want to do that? Well, I want to do that. Like, I always want to know what somebody else was in and like, what other things has like David Bradley, David Bradley's like the king, man. He's been in everything and he is, I, but did you? Do you see, without me sharing it with you, do you see what's interesting? And I'll send you links to this. Do you see what's interesting about me asking it in the way that I asked it? It's okay if you don't. I do. And I remember when you did this and this, uh, I look at this and I say, oh, it's it's nice that Merlin's having fun. But what I mostly think is now I have <laughs> to check that's, that's every so single. Sweet. Thank you. I Now I have to check every single row and every single column on that table myself by yeah. looking up every single one of these actors and so, IMDb to find out. GPT right now. To find out if they did play the doctor to find out if they were in game of thrones and i have to find out okay. if they are in game of thrones which episode like but i've got to do all that work myself because so I, I can't just, trust anything i that just came out of that. sent you the result and know, but, but it's okay. just it's just like it's giving me work it's oh like oh my god you have totally stolen this whole episode from me okay then i'm going to explain it with as richard ramsey used to say say pigs and bunnies 
What I asked it for was 20 actors who've been in Doctor Who and Game of Thrones. Special attention. Please pay special attention to the columns that I said. Actor, city of birth, da 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 What's the name of that character on Game of Thrones? Has this person played the Doctor? Did that person die on Game of Thrones? And what is the name of that person's character in Harry Potter? Wait a minute. I didn't mention Harry Potter in that prompt. Right? You and just did when you said character in Harry Potter. Kind of. But I mentioned it as a column. Not as a thing I wanted it to find expressly. And also, let's here's one that's real dumb. But boy, guess what? Um, it knows when I said the doctor, it knows what I meant. But it doesn't because it doesn't know anything. <laughs> that's the thing. It has no idea what a doctor is or a the. It just knows how these things relate to each other and the giant corpus of bits that it has. That's mm. the magic of it. It does. The 747 doesn't know how to flap its wings either. Yeah. Wow. I've learned a lot tonight. Thank you. Um, but okay. so did you actually check this table? Not this particular one. I just ran this right now. But I have, obviously, I have previously. Duh. But then, I mean, forget but you did. Forget you went you know, I every single one I give of these up. I can't make them. people excited about this because I'm wrong about everything with this. I want you to understand that you folks, stop worrying about whether this thing is going to steal your job and kill your mom. Start thinking about synthesizing data. Right. If you've ever done the Google Sheets thing, it's so amazing work and pulling the HTML from a page. Right. I, I know a lot of people know this, but like for example, in, in Google Google uh, Sheets, you can go in and do a real basic, easy formula that does a query that says, go to this page on the internet and grab the first table on the page, and it'll pull it into the cells, the right columns and rows. It's magic. So anytime you got to do stuff like that, that and that's not even like technically like scraping in the usual sense you don't have to do that kind of descendant nonsense but like i'll tell you what i think is amazing about this uh, the most amazing thing about all what's cool that it has this information in here what blows my mind about it is several things one is that it learns from context clues what it should be doing with this for example something does this seem simple to you it knows what the doctor is had no problem figuring that out that's really cool it knows the characters on game of thrones all that's really cool those context clue things are amazingly powerful, but also, I imagine, potentially treacherous because you need to understand like, what it's inferring about what you said. Are you sure you understand what you asked for? Um, I mentioned that one, like, you know, not to be silly, but like, I, this is the kind of stuff that is actually crazy interesting to me. There's, there's a lot more to it, but I want to go to bed. Um, then I said to it, how confident are you about this answer? <laughs> and it said, I'm confident about most of the information. DDLD, not a very good answer. Kind of randomly out of nowhere, I said, which ones were in Pacific Rim? Wait a minute. I didn't mention Pacific Rim. What do you, what do you, that's not fair. You can't grade ChatGPT on that. Yeah, but it does know. Because it understands from context without me. Now, understand, the, the big announcement from Apple was now you can have a second timer on your phone or your HomePod. Like, well, that's going on over there. While my entire system melted down today and my Eero turned all of the addresses at my office from 192.168 to 10.10, I'm losing my goddamn mind in this place tonight. When I can't get it to turn off the bathroom lights, I look at something like this and I think of the time I asked it, which ones were in Pacific Rim? What is Pacific Rim and what are what ones are you talking about? That, that's what these language models are about. When you say ones, yes, but like, it, but, it, but John, it, it, John, I'm trying to persuade people who think this is just some dumb parlor trick. When it's like you have to understand, like this will enable you 
to take so much time and effort. The same way the first time you use Fantastical and you could ty type in natural language. If there's one thing above all that I love with this, it's that the natural language way of speaking will get you fairly close to what you wanted immediately. And so it said, yeah, Bern Gorman, Bern Gorman. That's why I said an ATP that I would love, speaking of turning your lights on, I would yeah. love to be able to have a large language model sitting in front of something like Siri. Yeah, where, so I've, I've heard a couple people mention that, just a where, couple. Because seriously, though, like... No, it's like, madness. It's it, because, madness the way that it works. Right, but, but the they thing is... Even, John, they don't even document what uh, you can say to like, it. Like, turning the lights on is a perfect example because you know whether it worked. Did the lights turn on or not? Like, it's real easy to check. Stuff like this that you're excited about, I am not excited about it because that just looks like homework to me because I can't trust a damn word that came out of this. And it looks but like John, it might if, be if fun. I can, I enjoy... These are things that... This is my life. It's stuff I like to do. And it's stuff that informs, I don't know, I, I hate that I have to feel, I feel like I even have to make this case to you. This is not dumb to me because it's actually insanely useful for a lot of stuff that I enjoy. And I guess I have to find a reason to make it about my work, which it ends up kind of being. But like, it, you know, if nothing else, here's a dumb one for you. And you, you, whatever, you're a master of Pearl. You're a monk. But like for me to say, go find the top five best-selling Eagles album uh, and give it to me as a markdown table. That alone is so powerful. It's so simple from the standpoint of a computer, but it's so powerful to me. And then I go in and I make my, what's it called? The initial prompt thing where I've entered in some stuff that I wanted to remember about me. And one of the things is that I like Markdown. Here's where my family was. This is when they were born and so on. And then I had, you know, some notes on how I wanted to respond. But like, I don't know. I, I think it's really, really fun. Are, are you harshing my mellow? Do you think this is dumb that I, I like I'm, this? I'm harshing it in the places where you're asking it stuff that's not just for entertainment value. Top five best-selling Eagles album? You have no idea if those are the top five best-selling. you got to go check. You right. can't trust the damn thing that comes out of it. You can trust it when you ask it to do something useful and it does it that you can mm -hmm. check, yeah. right? But you can't trust yeah, it when right? you say, and, give me the top five best-selling Eagles albums. Because that's information <laughs> you didn't already know. I think, you know that's I why think, you asked I, it. And I, 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 I'm, I think it, you can't trust it. <laughs> one can't trust it. One no, cannot trust it. I think it. you can't trust it because you have your own kind of completely understandable demon dogs about things like this. I'm going to sleep fine if it, if it got how well, they, well the long run sold not exactly correct because that's not what I'm using it for. A lot of times this becomes like a template where I can go. I love making playlists. This is like part of my thing, like going out and being interesting for a living. It's part of what I do. And to be able to, to take this stuff to the next level with like taking off all of this busy work that I have to do to produce stuff like the show notes what I have to do just to create an episode of Roderick on the line it takes me an hour like to, to do all that stuff it's completely crazy and so what am I gonna do I'm gonna create like some kind of Pee Wee Herman Rube Goldberg thing to do that for me I think the idea of like not not letting perfect be the enemy of existent I, I'm, I'm not against that at all all yeah. i'm saying is that you have to you, when you're using it for things where it provides utility thumbs up when you're using it for things where it does not provide utility i give it thumbs down and they're mm -hmm. different things yeah, like if it's just yeah. for entertainment value fine or if it's a result that you can tell that it worked then good <laughs> like somebody guessing your weight at the carnival kind of yeah like who cares yeah. or like show notes for example it's a perfect example if it gets something slightly wrong, who cares? Like, it's well, fine. I, if, I do, but that's my job, well, you not know theirs. What I, mean, but like, like, I do, or, I do, but I also, and I, I God, the last Because you're going to read it over anyway, and you can fix the one thing it got wrong, and it saved you 99% of the work, right? Yeah. yeah. And hmm. playlists. The result is, is it a playlist that I like? Great. If it's do, not, do, if the, do oh, the you put one song work. I don't yeah. like, I'll delete mm -hmm. it. That's yeah. great. But asking it an actual question where you really actually want to know the answer? Give me three examples of when I did that tonight. Top five best-selling Eagles albums. Do you actually want to know that, or you just want to be entertained by its notion of what he thinks those might be? We can't be both. 
if you actually want to know, mm-hmm. you got to check its work. And in which where, case, where, you might as well you, just look you, it up where yourself. Where do you go for that? If, right. if I ask you to do that, I give you or, an hour. Has this person talk? played the doctor on Doctor Who? Do you want to know the answer? Do you want to think it's plausible they could have played the doctor? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I mean, if, if, you, if you don't care and you just want it to be entertained, then fine. But if you actually want to know, psh, man. Where, where would you go to find out who's played the best doctor? tool? I mean, IMDb, you know, call sheet, <laughs> right? And, right? So, and, wh- okay. and why do All I right. trust that more than these large language models? Mm-hmm. Because uh, those are you know, databases of stuff where there, there's a mistake about Doctor Who, it probably gets corrected. Whereas this is just a big stew of stuff that gives plausible answers. It's just, it's just a word gun. Yeah, it's not just it. It, it no, it, you it's know, it's just, is, it's not just a word gun. It, it isn't. It, it has no, utility. Wrong. It has utility that IMDb does yes. not have, mm-hmm. but IMDb also has utility that this doesn't have. That's I what I'm I, saying. I wish I IMDb had larger photos. That's what I want. Yeah. Can't tell what anyway it looks like. Also, also uh, in Plex, the photos for people in the cast, it should be from the time that the movie was uh, was shot. Does it make you feel old when they show the the person? You know, no, this person. but like if I want to show um, uh, Mike Ermintrout, I pull up Mike Ermintrout. You want to see the young one? Well, okay, here's the thing. If I pull up, uh, is it Beverly Hills Cop? No, it's, yeah. Which, what's the, what's the uh, 48 Hours? What, whichever Eddie Murphy movie he's in where he plays like a lug. Mm-hmm. You, I want to pull that and show that, and then fourth, I, I pull up Plex, and every single person looks like they're about to die, and it's like, well, you know, actually, Cary Grant was quite handsome as a young man. <laughs> that would be a good enhancement. IMDb would be uh, <laughs> appropriate. But the thing Buenos, is, getting Buenos dias, don Hector. Getting PR photos for people is probably hard enough, let alone mm-hmm. getting PR photos for over the years. Well, especially you know I mean? if, you, if you really care you, about it. Yeah. And you can't use the <laughs> screenshots. I probably, you probably can't use like the frame from the TV show. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Casey can't, you know. Mm, exactly. 